We're live. <clears throat> All right. Hello, I am Eagle, Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram. This is fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 45, the double episode day. Uh, I am so honored to have uh, my guest with me today that I've followed him through the years and I amazingly, after I looked down his page today to kind of bone up on this uh, here interview, I was honored to see that uh, he was following me and uh, pretty, pretty stoked about all of that. Much respect for this gentleman here. If you looked, I couldn't even go down his whole page. I mean, there's just so much beautiful flower pictures <laughs> on there. We couldn't, this is a, this could be a long show and I don't think we could still get through all those pictures. So I'd Absolutely. like to welcome uh, my guest, Hota Herb. Hello, how are you doing tonight? I'm uh, doing you, uh, fantastic. Doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much uh, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Can you tell everybody uh, where they can find you? I'm sure yep, they so know. But... Yeah, the best place to find me is on Instagram, at Hota Herb, J-O-T-A-H-E-R-B. And uh, I am on Twitter as well, at Hota Herb on Twitter, but I don't post quite as much on there. Instagram is definitely the place to find me and all my content. So, uh, it's, uh, there's so much we can start, where to start here. I mean, there's, you have so much good information. <laughs> um, I guess we'll just go through the gauntlet like we always do, uh, when did you start smoking and uh, how? When did I start smoking? So, uh, yeah, so I uh, actually, I'll be 50 uh, in August. So I started smoking over 35 years ago, actually. And the first time I smoked was on a ski trip uh, with a bunch of friends of mine. We went up to Hunter Mountain in New York. And uh, we were just on this ski weekend. I was in, you know, I was like 14 years old. And I don't remember much, but I remember all of us huddling around and smoking a joint in a circle and then going and playing football in the snow and having one of the best times um, I had ever had at that point in time in my life. And after that, it was like, wow, this is, this is quite amazing. And it was really, uh, for me, it was a little bit of a reversal. I mean, my, my father had always told me he would put me in the hospital if he ever caught me doing drugs. So it was one of those things that was definitely uh, frowned upon. Um, but I immediately connected with the plant and I knew uh, that it was something that worked for me um, and made me happy at the time. Absolutely. So that was the first time I ever smoked. And uh, yeah, that's uh, about 35 years ago. So uh, I've spent a good portion of my career and life uh, high. <laughs> uh, I love smoking cannabis. I've always, uh, I've always been very connected with the plant. I've got to, I've got to admire that. There's no reason not to uh, be enjoying cannabis. I've, I've never found a, a negative ill or ill effect. I've never found anything that I couldn't do while I was uh, enjoying the herb. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think that that uh, stereotypes uh, pretty pretty uh, damaging for no good reason. I 
mean, absolutely, I know tons of people that smoke from the time they get up to the time they go to bed, and they're some of the most productive people I know. <laughs> yep, I spent uh, 25 years in data warehousing, um, doing high-end IT work at very large Fortune 500 companies. Uh, managing teams of global personnel. And uh, I, I would have to say, if it wasn't for the cannabis, I probably would not have made it as far in my career, been able to work as many hours as I did, uh, been able to put up with as much stress as I did. I mean, corporate America is a miserable, miserable place to uh, spend your time. And uh, I don't think I could have gotten through it uh, without cannabis, to be honest with you. So uh, when did you really, I mean, everybody starts early on. It seems like most people, when they come on, it's like 12 or 13, which I think yep. is kind of funny. Yep, it I was 14 was... years old. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when, what time, uh, you know, what age was it like a constant? I'm sure it wasn't constant from 14 on. No, no, I don't think it was really constant until I was about 17, 16, 17, I think towards the end of high school, um, especially my senior year, I was pretty much smoking almost every day. And um, definitely once I went to college, um, never stopped after that. So from the time I was 18, um, that was it. That was it. I was done. I, um, and I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't too much longer after that, too, that I started growing. Um, so I was about 20 the first time I put a plant in a pot and uh, started growing. Um, I started actually, um, you know, like everybody else does, you throw a couple seeds in a cup in your room and it starts to grow and you go, oh shit. And then you keep going and going and you grow something that barely yields anything and is um, not really worth your time, but gets you hooked enough that you know you could do better. Um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, run into a person who had just come back with Amsterdam with a bunch of seeds from Amsterdam and was looking for some place to grow them. And he couldn't grow them where he lived. And I was in an apartment with my roommate. And we said, yeah, well, we can go ahead and learn how to do that. And so he brought the seeds and showed us what to do. And that was pretty much the beginning of a, of a very lifelong interest in the plant. Um, but I'd always been, um, I've always been around plants in general, uh, primarily herbs and fresh tomatoes, fresh peppers. I've always grown plants growing up. I always had plants around my house and I grew up in the food industry. And so we always had fresh herbs to cook with. Uh, you always had stuff you would go out back and grab a couple trimmings of, and then you would bring that into the kitchen and that's what you were using for the night. Um, so yeah, I, I've always been around growing things and, and cannabis was just that next level up for me because of what I would get out of it. So you were growing the fire right from the start. I'm oh yeah, absolutely. Like. <laughs> absolutely. I got introduced at the top end actually. <laughs> so the first, the first uh, batch of seeds we had were actually skunk one by skunk one and skunk one by Northern lights in 1991. So this is, you know, 
This is before the busts and the separation in Amsterdam. This is before everything got moved to Spain. Um, so these are basically, you know, late 80s, early 90s stock of seeds that were the first things that I started growing. And um, I can tell you, as somebody who grew that old skunk, it would it would stink up an entire apartment building. It was so pungent, you could smell it outside, almost down the block. Um, really, really hard to hide that one. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, so many people tried to breed out that pungentness out of that plant because it was something that was just almost impossible to hide. And if you had it on you, if you smoked it, you would reek. There was no avoiding it whatsoever. So, um, yeah. So I got introduced very early on uh, to some of the magic that created a lot of the stuff we smoke today. Um, you know, that was, uh, I, was I was just an amazing, amazing, fortuitous time. <laughs> so it's early on in this this episode already, and I'm already completely jealous because you've already <laughs> you've started your career with like two of my uh, my the strains I'm like chasing after. There is you know oh, yeah. like everybody does that of super course. skunk. And yep. uh, the Northern Lights pine there that yep. uh, oh, absolutely. I create it, so much. It, it was, um, I, you know, it really was an amazing, amazing pine. Um, and it wasn't like a pine soul pine. It was like being in a old evergreen forest pine. You know, it was just um, airy and uplifting and just just truly beautiful. Um, so I learned how to grow. Um, and, and basically what we did in those days was uh, we used ebb and flow tubs. The first thing that I grew in was an ebb and flow tub, which today is known as flood and drain style of hydroponics. Um, and we basically built everything ourselves because there really were not a lot of places you could buy stuff. Uh, I was in Florida. And we did have uh, Worms Way, which was one of the first original grow stores, Worms Way, in Temple Terrace, Florida, that we could go to. And you would go there to buy bulbs and rock wool. And maybe uh, A and B, those were the two, you know, you didn't really have a lot of choices of chemicals and nutrients back then. It was A and B, it was a yellow bottle and a blue bottle. And you mix some of that with some Epsom salts, and that's what you put in your flood table. Uh, but we built our tables with uh, pickle buckets, fountain pump from Home Depot, and some mixing cement mixing tubs. That's how we built our original setup. And the only thing we spent money on was a light bulb. And we had a 400-watt uh, metal halide bulb that was bigger than my head and had a huge humming ballast that, like, when that thing would kick on, it was like, hear it and almost feel the vibration in the floor um, they were amazing um, so that was really really cool you know really simple timer kicked off the pump three four times a day for 10 15 minutes would flood the top area and then the pumps would kick off and that would drain all back down and they would just sit there in their rock wool with their um, 
you know, those uh, lava pebbles, uh, the medium. Um, and so that's how I learned how to grow. And uh, that was that was truly an amazing, amazing experience uh, to have those, uh, to wake up in the morning and have the lights kick on in my closet and my bathroom and have the pumps going and the lights would go on. And it was like living in the rainforest, you know? <laughs> that sweet, skunky was, pine smell floating Oh yeah, the absolutely. Floating in. Oh man, it was, it was truly an amazing time. But um, unfortunately... Uh, being in Florida, in Tampa, Florida, it was a very scary place to, to be, very dangerous, not only um, from a law enforcement standpoint, but just from a criminal element standpoint. And that was actually one of the things that got me away from growing for a while. So um, I did grow for a year and a half to two years and then we had somebody come through our door with guns and held me and my roommate and our girlfriends um, at gunpoint while they basically ransacked our house, took our cash, took our supply, took all our stuff, and um, they left the plants. But we were so freaked out, like we moved you know, we couldn't even stay in that apartment because we knew they were going to come back at some point in time for those plants. They saw them. They knew they were there. Um, so I, I knew, and um, and my girlfriend was pregnant. And I was like, "This is this is not, this is not a safe thing to be doing." So I actually um, went to satellite mode and started growing at a buddy of mine's house, not actually growing where I was living. And I did that for about a year and a half or so. So I got a good three and a half to four years of growing in the early 90s um, before I basically got away from the game. And I stopped to raise a family uh, to, um, and, and to basically just get away from that lifestyle that unfortunately I was part of um, being in that you know, in that industry at the time. And so it was not, it was not a good, safe environment, I felt to, to do that. So I didn't. Um, but I did keep growing other things. I actually, I set up my hydro setup and I grew tomatoes and radishes and some other plants just because just to keep the skills, you know. And I, like I said, I always grew herbs. I always had basil and rosemary and thyme and things to cook with. So I kept growing those things. So even the, I'd say, 20 or so year hiatus that I took from growing cannabis, I was still growing other things. I was still growing other plants. I was still interested in soil um, and how plants grew. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't aware of the soil food web and I wasn't aware of uh, really the benefits of biology and soil and things that I'm more aware of now. Um, but yeah, it was uh, truly, truly uh, an amazing start that uh, had a scary <laughs> step in the middle there that made me take a break. And um, I, you know, I pretty much stayed away and was really just a consumer for a good two decades, you know, two decades. 
it'd be painful. I was the remote grow, but I mean, I, I don't even think about like thinking about leaving this grow for any period of time, much less trying to run a, a remote grow. Yeah. Well, usually satellite grows involved me bringing my equipment and know-how to somebody else and using their space and then basically taking a large cut of the product. It still problem, works like that in a lot of places today. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, back in the day, we used to charge about a third of a harvest just to give somebody clones. So just to get somebody set up and to teach them back in the day, it was like, you're going to give us a third of your first harvest and you're going to give us a third of your next several harvests until we think you're doing what you should be doing. And at that point in time, you'll have earned your strains. So to I believe in these days, they call them consultants these days. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes exactly. And, and so, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a, a really, really good close friend of mine who uh, was willing to take on uh, some of the growing responsibility for me. And then again, you know, having one or two of these other places and, and usually those spots never really worked out great uh, because it's hard when, again, you know, you, you said it yourself, hard being away from the plant that much. It's hard not being on top of that and being on top of people until they know what they're doing. You know, you have to learn yourself. You have to make those mistakes yourself. And unfortunately, when you're in that situation, you're, you're allowing somebody else to make the, your mistakes with your plans. <laughs> um, Even so at that, that, I would think it would be hard to find somebody that had the same passion. You're teaching somebody and not yeah. only that, they have to have the passion for it yeah. that you do. And that's, and, it's hard to find. And, and honestly, the balls to do it. As well as the balls to isolate yourself. I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> I find all, you know, I think a lot of us growers and people who have spent time uh, isolating themselves purposefully for safety reasons and things like that, find the last two months, you know, like, okay, sure. You want me to stay at home and be with my plants all the time? Okay, I can do that. You don't want people coming over to my house. Sounds exactly like what it was like when I grew in the 90s because you couldn't let anybody come to your house, right? Because you couldn't let anybody knew you grow. You couldn't have anybody over your house. You couldn't let anybody even come close because if you did, they would tell a friend and they would tell and then boom, you get robbed. That's how it happens. And, or you'd get busted because somebody would get caught and they'd roll on you, you know? So you had to be very careful. And so you had to isolate. You couldn't have a, a community, right? You couldn't take pictures, right? All these young, wonderful kids today in this industry have these wonderful smartphones and electronic cameras, digital cameras and photography. They don't realize that to get a photograph developed you used to have to take that to somebody and again if you took photos you could get busted if the photo mat where you took your photos to get developed saw those pictures they could turn your ass in and in fact they were supposed to turn you in if they saw some illegal activity on camera um, pretty bad when you had to know a guy to get a picture <laughs> yeah yeah exactly or you use polaroid right so I have one Polaroid from back in the day, 
one Polaroid from back in the day. It's not even really a good shot. You can kind of see a couple of plants behind two buddies of mine, you know, and um, because you didn't do anything that would leave a trail, that would leave evidence, that would, because if you had those pictures, they would bust you for having those pictures, you know, they would find some way to say, well, this is obviously you and your plants doing something illegal. Thanks for taking a picture of it. Now we have evidence. Yep. Back then, pictures and notes was uh, racketeering, uh, wasn't it? Yes. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, again, that was something that was just not done. So fast forward, you know, I basically, like I said, I got away from the industry um, I left the food business. I went into IT. I actually was at the phone company for Y2K. So I was working at GTE Data Services, which is now Verizon, for the Y2K flipover because the phone company actually did think the phone service was going to go down. And they did think all their systems were possibly going to crash and burn. And I was part of that whole IT workforce that was working around the clock for two years before that happened, getting things ready, and then actually being there at midnight when the freaking clock flipped on site just in case something went wrong. Crazy. Um, and then I was part of the internet boom. I worked for monster.com. We were like the 26 most visited website in the world for a little while there. Um, been a part of very large companies for a long time doing data warehousing and you know being in IT again uh, that was a part of myself that had to be put in a way and hidden that couldn't be talked about I couldn't go and sit down and have a conversation about smoking let alone growing <laughs> you know it's not something you know and even I had to be careful about how I talked about plants Right. Like, wow, you really know a lot about growing tomatoes, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do know a lot about growing tomatoes. I know all about calcium. <laughs> Tomato plants eat a shitload of calcium, too, if you didn't know that. Um, they're huge calcium hogs. Uh, they love calcium very much, very much. And, and again, that was also something that you had to do back in the day. If you went to a grow store, I mentioned Worms Way uh, earlier on, right? And Worms Way was one of the only grow stores. <clears throat> and you, if you went in there, you could not say pot or marijuana or cannabis. If you did, again, they would call the cops on you or throw you out. And that was because they were constantly being monitored by the feds. Um. A friend of mine, two friends of mine actually got busted because they were followed from Worms Way. They stupidly took their own vehicle to Worms Way, bought some stuff, came out with some big boxes. They took some photographs of them and kept following them and eventually busted them in an entire house full of plants going uh, in kiddie pools. So, uh, you know, whole indoor grow, multiple rooms, multiple plants. Fortunately, they, they were under the 99 number, but they, uh, one of my buddies ended up doing time and the other, the other buddy ended up with a bracelet around his ankle for, two, for three years <clears throat> because they took their car to Wormsway. So, um, 
if you did want to go to a grocery store and you did want to ask about nutrients and lights and things like that, you had to talk about tomatoes. Tomatoes was always the key. Sadly I, enough, hotel, that hasn't changed much. I mean, we're no. just barely out of that. Just barely Still going on. That. Still going on in a lot of parts of the country. Still going on in a lot of parts of the country. Um, but, you know, fortunately, almost three years ago, actually, it is three years ago, I think, a little over three, year ago, three years ago, they legalized here in Massachusetts. And uh, fortunately for us here in Massachusetts, they were smart enough to allow home grow. And uh, so almost three years ago, my wife said to me, I'm getting a dog. And I said, great, I'm getting a tent. My son was 28. My son was 26 at the time. My daughter was 18 going to college and we knew she smoked. She knew I smoked. Guess what? Cats have the bag. I don't care anymore. It's legal here in Massachusetts. I can have up to 12 plants, six plants per person, 12 plants per household. I'm getting a tent. I'm getting set back up. Um, and so that was kind of where that was kind of the rebirth of my cannabis cultivation. Um, and I will say that um, it was like I found a missing part of myself. Truly having had to lock that part of myself away in a box for 20 to 25 years uh, was terrible, it was terrible. Um, I always missed it, always missed it, always missed it. I knew that I needed it in my life. There was no doubt. And I always hoped there would be a time where I could get back to it. But, you know, I honestly never believed I would see legalization in my lifetime. The fact that I can grow my own plants is, is still to me insane. I still have to, you know, occasionally pinch myself because it's, it seems almost ridiculous still uh, three years later that it's actually mostly legal. You know, and I say mostly legal because there's still limits. I can't believe it either. I mean, I am so glad that I lived through that curve. You know what I mean? That you're going to be a stoner. You'll never amount to anything. Oh, it's yeah. bad for you, whatever. I would come around, you know, around the downside of that. And I look back at, you know, a lot of the naysayers and the people that didn't smoke cannabis like I did, which was pretty consistently and i look back at you know some of them people that drank and you know did other things and why i stuck to my cannabis i think i look 10 10 plus years uh younger than uh most of them folks Absolutely. that had beat themselves up with the alcohol and whatever and uh, yep. it's, it's i just kind of especially now that uh with you know there has been some good things that has came out of this covid uh one of them, the push of them, uh, the cannabis use during this yep. COVID, uh, the us deeming uh, cannabis uh, employees essential, the yep. fact that I seen today that there was evidence that just uh, smoking cannabis could fight off the COVID, 
I mean, I, I just kind of sit back there and I think about all that stuff and I'm like, <laughs> I told you, I knew I was in the right this whole time. Right. So, um, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it had Jack Harris son was on the podcast. Okay. So we all, everybody knows Jack Harris today, primarily as a strain. I don't know how many people actually know who Jack Harris is or was, right? Um, but I had a copy of The Emperor Wears No Clothes in 1988, and I read it. And I wrote a report in college on how biomass could save the planet. Um, I have understood those concepts. I knew that the USS Constitution was made mostly out of hemp. The sails, the ropes, the all the you know all the coating that they put on the wood to make sure that it would last the lacquers um it was part of 70 percent of the medicines in this country until they banned it in the 30s and 40s it's it's been uh, it was part of society right for centuries until this latest ridiculous prohibition that came from fear and lack of understanding and now pandora's box has been reopened and you're never getting it back in the box you have all of these fortune 500 companies chumping at the bit to figure out how they can make money off of it coca-cola has got a drink Target is invested in vape pens. It's never going away again. It's not going to happen, right? It's out, right? More than a third of the United States has legal cannabis recreationally now. I'm talking population, not state counts, right? Population-wise, a third of the country has legal cannabis now. Something that most people don't understand when they look at the map. If you look at the populations of the states that have legalized, they're some of the largest and most populous states in the country. <laughs> you know, and, and so the population understands it. The polls show it. But Jack Herrer was an amazing pioneer. And for those who don't know who he is, the digital edition of The Emperor Wears No Clothes was just released and is now available digitally with all of these hyperlinks built into it. So you can actually go and experience some of the real history and find out more information and dig into some of the details. So there's all sorts of new aspects to that book that just got released by Jack's son and the family, and they're doing this whole new thing. So I would definitely recommend folks check that out and learn about the history of this plant and what it's done for this country and why you should be not only happy that you can smoke it and grow it, but you should be pushing further and harder to remove the limits on it, right? And pushing harder to make sure that it's federally legalized so that we can, as a country, take advantage of this great plant. It's an amazing plant. It's been kept I away agree. from us for far too long. Far too long. 
Um, so that's awesome. That's just awesomeness. When I heard that, I was very excited. Um, again, just something that just opened my eyes, you know, um, I, you know, high times. I read high times back in the eighties. I uh, used to crawl over the ask ed columns to the, I mean, that's how I learned. Uh, we didn't have an Instagram. We, there were some books out there, but they were hard to get. It wasn't like you could just order them on Amazon, right? Um, you couldn't, really, it's not like this stuff was everywhere. And so there's very limited ways. This was before the message boards even, right? There was no message boards. There was no, you couldn't get on a computer and get on the message boards and chat with people and do that stuff either. Um, so Ask Ed was like one of the original sources uh, for me to learn and to high times I learned a lot of stuff from I always we always used to hang up the center folds and crawl over the strains and review the top you know the pop 100 every magazine hoping that our band was number one or you know our school would get mentioned or something so I did appreciate I really appreciated high times back in the 80s and all that but again when I um, when I got away from you know, from that lifestyle, I kind of got away from uh, all of it. I didn't read High Times. I didn't, you know, I wasn't up to date on what had happened in the industry. And so I had a lot of learning to do when I got back, you know, three years ago, right? Um, if you can imagine taking a 20-year break from growing cannabis and you start out with skunk one and northern lights and hash plant and you come back 20 years later and all you see is cookies like what the fuck is a cookie what 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 is a cookie what the hell is a what that what's a mac what, what what are you talking about this doesn't make any sense to me where's where's the where's the you know where's the afghani Where's the, where's the Maui Wowie? Where, where's the Acapulco gold? Where's the Alaskan thunderfuck? Where's the hash plant? Where's the white widow? I mean, like, these are the strains I remember that were out, but it wasn't cookies. What the hell is a cookies? Um, so I, uh, I spent a couple months just even trying to find strains, right? Because I knew I needed good genetics, right? But again, because I was so disconnected, I had no clue how to reconnect and get genetics again. Like I didn't know any of the seed banks. I was afraid to go online and order stuff because I didn't know who to trust. Um, fortunately, I had a buddy of mine locally who uh, was one of the two people I knew who I could get cannabis from, right? Um, I think that's a lot of, uh, a lot of people also don't understand why, you know, this is the thing I tell people, why people go to dispensaries, okay? If you're under 30, you don't need a dispensary because almost everybody you know smokes, and I guarantee you, you probably know five or 10 people you could get weed from on any given day. After you're 30, guess what? that number starts to deteriorate over time and less and less people you know are involved in the industry, know where to get it, are even your friends anymore, will hang out, all those different things. And so as you get older, you know less and less people, you can't get it. 
And if you can, you're very, you have to arrange these uh, clandestine meetings and parking lots and, uh, you know, office area, back office areas and go to, you know, like meet somebody at a park, you know, in a parking garage. Like, what is this? You know, <laughs> what is this? It's some ridiculous uh, handoff. So um, that's why people go to dispensaries because they don't know where to get else to get it. Right. This, dispensaries are for people who are over 35. That's for the soccer moms. That's for the people who are in their 40s and 50s who don't have friends who sell weed anymore, guys. The dispensaries serve a, a great purpose. But so, and, and again, because I was in a industry where cannabis use was frowned upon, drug use in general was frowned upon, it's okay to go drinking with your friends after work, but forget about being stoned because there's no way you could write code if you were stoned. There's no way you could handle data mas massaging while you're stoned. Um, so I didn't know anybody, uh, but like I said, fortunately I had a friend who was still relatively connected with the industry who kind of knew what was going on and he bought some seeds and gave me some clones. And so I got back in with some clones. My friend dropped me off six clones and I had two Tahoe OG, two grateful, grateful dead OG and uh, no, two Deadhead OG, and then two Irene Cush by Grateful Breath. So um, two by uh, Cali Connection, the Tahoe OG and Deadhead OG by Cali Connect, and then the Irene Cush by Grateful Breath by uh, Gage Green Group. And um, good genetics, good genetics, good, decent, well-known companies, and... Um, Took three, flowered them off right away, kept the other three as mothers and started cloning because that's what we did back in the day. We didn't have a lot of seeds. We had one or two, we only had a, we'd pop one seed or two seeds and then we would just clone and clone and clone and clone and clone until unfortunately something would happen like spider mites or some other issue we didn't know how to deal with back in the day. Um, but I was able to get back in and then. Uh, fortunately, here in Massachusetts, they were already having cannabis events. So they had a Canacon up here and they had a Harvest Cup and, and some of those. And so I went to the Harvest Cup. That was one of the first ones I went to. It was the first year of the Harvest Cup. They've now had three of them. I've been back in the industry three years. You know, it's kind of kismet, right? Um, so I went to the Harvest Cup and my whole goal of going to the Harvest Cup was just to go meet people and to go talk to readers and to try to find my relationship to the past, right? Like, how do I get back to this? Well, obviously I need to go talk to some readers because, and some seed companies, because these guys are going to know the lineage, right? They're going to know where their plants came from. They're going to know some of the lineage, some of the crosses, and, and they'll, they'll help me hopefully find some of these things I used to grow. And, uh, you know, I was obviously very, very naive at the time thinking that I could find some of these things that I used to grow. Um, but can I ask you how that first event was that I, in your, you know, your way back, did you like walk in there and you were like, I'm home. I'm home. Yeah, it, I'm it with really, my people finally. 
<laughs> well, I, I, I think it was some of both, right? Some of it was still, there was definitely still some intimidation to it. Um, and I was not on Instagram yet at the time. So this was actually right before I joined Instagram. And so well, that's super I was, impressive because I've seen your follower list and I've been chipping <laughs> at mine for a super fucking long time. It is in nowhere comparison. So um, hats off yeah. to you in that build in three Appreciate years. That. Wow. Yeah, I I um I I I can't necessarily explain it. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with timing and a lot of luck. And I don't know whether or not it's even possible to do what I did anymore because of the way they've changed the algorithms and done a lot of the filtering and things like that. But um, I, I was fortunate enough to get in early and, and was able to take advantage of that big wave. Um, but at that first event, I was um, I had already met uh, Tom Fox from Fishhead Farms. So fish shit. I was already using fish shit. And I knew Tom Fox um, and he was pretty much the only person I knew at the Harvest Cup um, out of any of the booths or any of that other stuff. And I just went around from booth to booth. Just what do you do? You know, like, hey, oh, look, this is a seed company. Oh, look, it's a nutrient company. Oh, this guy's selling worm castings. Oh, this guy's selling soil. You know, and just talking with people and uh, just again, just trying to acclimate myself, right? I didn't, um, I knew that there was something awesome happening, right? And I knew I needed to be a part of it. But I didn't know, I didn't have a purpose other than to just go meet people and to just learn about, to try to find more genetics, right? That was kind of my goal. I wanted to find some, I didn't, I was hoping to buy some seeds. I had no idea I was gonna be able to buy a whole bunch of seeds there. Um, and it was, there was only a couple of seed booths there the first year. Um, there wasn't that many. And I met now one of my really good friends, Tom from Green Team. Um, so Green Team Genetics was definitely one of the first folks that I hooked up with in the industry. And, um, you know, being a local Worcester company, uh, most of the seeds he was selling were, you know, made like less than a mile from the building they were being sold in. Uh, which was super cool. And uh, he was just, an, you know, out, you know, open and talkative and pumped. Um, there was also, he was right next to the HTG supply booth, which happened to be the place where I had gotten all my gear. So I, I guess I, I did know more than one person. I know two people there. I knew the guy who was at the HTG booth, Nick, who had sold me all my gear. Um, so that, but he was right next to the green team guy he knew tom from green team and like they knew each other and like and so i got in you know i was kind of i got introduced to those guys and they introduced me to some other people and i ended up talking genetics with tom and you know saying hey man this is what i started with and this is you know here's i had cannabis on me i was smart enough to bring weed with me which was also part of it you know um having something with you and just being like, hey, I grew this, check it out. Um, that opens doors, right? That let them know I was serious, right? That I wasn't just somebody just, you know, buying stuff or what didn't know anything or whatever. It let me, you know, it opened that door enough that I could get the conversation going. And once I had the conversation going, then it was fine, right? Because, um, you know, 
I think, especially with a lot of these guys as well, the industry has evolved in the past couple of years, but you got to remember that again, a lot of these guys who are breeders, who are large growers, who are underground for many years are not social people. <laughs> and it's hard for them to come out of their shells as well. They don't necessarily trust everybody, right? They're necessarily going to open up the gates to just anybody who walks up to the booth, right? But if you show that you have a common love and appreciation of the plant, you'd be amazed at how quickly these guys can open up and start talking and, and how, how wonderful and receptive they are. Because that's, this, is what I, this is why I hang out with the breeders, to be honest with you, so much, is because they love and understand the plant at a level that most of us will never get. Never get, right? To be able to plant a hundred seeds of the same plant and pick one based on an idea or a direction, a scent, a smell, a goal, and to stabilize that and breed it and cross it and, and, and spend all of that time and effort. The guys who do it right, I'm talking about, you know, not the pollen shockers, but the guys who do it right. I don't have that type of nose. I don't have that type of an eye, right? Like I couldn't do what these guys do. And so I have tremendous appreciation for them. But again, they spend so much time. They know and love the plant at a level that is amazing. And so if you can spend some time talking to these guys, it's, it's truly, truly amazing and um, really, really worth it. The, uh, how I got so much information and so much knowledge just having those conversations with different breeders about the lineage, the history of the plants, how they approach breeding, what are some of the things they like to do, how are, what are some of the tips and tricks for caring for the different phenos that they're selling you, right? Like if you buy seeds from somebody, spend some time talking to them about the plant. Don't just read what's on the package, right? <laughs> They're there. Talk to them. If you um, had that opportunity to get to one of these events. Yeah. You know, I, I would hope that if you're able to pick that breeder's ear a little bit, he's got some good answers for you. And if he can't uh, provide some right off the cuff good information, then you yep. step yep. a little bit there. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so that was, that was kind of my introduction back in. That was kind of how I met some of the Massachusetts community folks at the very beginning of what has really become this community in Massachusetts and um, working that one booth, uh, meeting those folks allowed me to eventually get to the point where I worked a couple of booths at events. Um, and so having worked at a few booths, helping sell seeds for Mosca and for Green Team and doing the fish ship booth once or twice too, uh, that also allowed me to meet a lot of people too and do a lot of networking and hand out a lot of stickers 
and um, stuff like that. But the um, the Instagram thing was something that came uh, again because of Tommy Fox from Fishhead from uh, Fishhead and Fishhead Farm. So I used to go. He had a shop uh, in Sutton, Massachusetts, for a little while. And I used to go into his shop because it was like 15 minutes from my house and it was my local shop. And I used to go in and just talk to Tommy. Love talking to Tommy because Tommy had 10 years of medical growing experience. You know, he'd been growing medically in Rhode Island for years and years. And he really knew, he knew all the, you know, he knew a lot of the grow shops around. He knew a lot of the different uh, nutrient lines in the industry. He, uh, you know, so he, he had some good, again, some good knowledge and experience and grow stores are also fantastic places to go and learn and to talk and to chat and you should get to know the folks in your local grow stores even if you're like me and you make a lot of your own stuff you still need to go buy new bulbs occasionally or get new lights or get new saucers for your pots and things like that so you should know your local grow stores and go hang out and talk to those guys um, but i used to go into tommy's store every day and just show him pictures of my plant and I'd bring him some cannabis, of course, too. And, you know, like, hey, man, smell, you know, smell what I'm growing. He's like, what do you got now? And, it's, you know, I started giving him some of mine. And it's like, wow, you, you know, you, you really are, you are doing, you, you grow some impressive weed, my friend. And, and so, like, I didn't believe him. I still, in many cases, am astounded that people were impressed by my cannabis. Um, because, again, I'm just a small time grower. I don't. I don't feel like I have some lev extreme level of knowledge. I don't, I've never run a professional large grow or facility. I don't have a degree. I've never worked in a nursery. I don't, it's not me. I'm just a hobbyist. And so when somebody, you know, when somebody who has growers coming in all the time and have been around the industry for a long time and they tell you that you're doing things really well, um, it, it just, it, it was just kind of strange for me. Like, I like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I'm enjoying smoking it. That fact that you enjoy smoking it, that's cool. <laughs> but he's like, you really need to get on Instagram. I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm posting a picture online. I work in internet technology. I work part of the dot-com boom. I know about internet, the internet, and the way that data works, and the way that photographs get saved, and all servers, and all this back-end shit. I'm like... I post pictures, they can track that shit back to you. Just because you put up a, you know, a, a, a name like Hota Herb online, they can still find you if they want to find you. They want to know who you are, they can track you back. Um, so I was very nervous about it. And it took me a while. It actually took me a while to even use my phone to take pictures of my plants. Because again, that old paranoia just kept coming back to me like, well, it's on my phone and my phone, sometimes I use work stuff on my phone. And if my work decides to audit my phone, then they might see my pictures and then I'm going to lose my job. So <laughs> it's all of these things that are just, we're so um, beaten, right? We're like these, uh, we're, you know, we have to like huddle in the in the dark with our small little joints and hide from everybody and, and be isolated and you know all these things and it's so hard to break those habits especially after you've been doing that your entire life right I mean, people today again all these kids today coming up 
they smoke in school and their worst fear is they're going to get caught by their teachers or their parents and just get in trouble for the day, right? We, you know, we had to worry about actually going to jail and doing some hard time, just even for being a cannabis user. They'd fucking lock you away. Um, so it was very hard to break those habits. But Tom finally convinced me to create an Instagram account and go online because he kept showing me all these awesome pictures people were posting and all these awesome, this awesome information that was out there. And I was like, I got to get involved. So um, my nickname for a long time in college and uh, after it was JJ. I went by JJ for many years. My real name is Jason, but I went by JJ. That was my nickname. But in college, uh, you know, I had a sh I worked for this Cuban chef down in Florida who used to call me Hota Hota. So that is where Hota Herb comes from. It's from this Cuban chef who used to call me Hota Hota. And uh, that's, I adopted the J, J in Spanish is Hota. And so I adopted that as my pseudonym. And that's where Hota Herb came from. And so Hota Herb was born. And it became my Instagram profile. And I just started posting pictures. That's all I did was post pictures and put some hashtags on it. And that was kind of it. And then I would go to events. I'd go to Canacon and Mecan and Harvest Cup. And I went to Freedom Rally. And I would work a booth. So I would probably see, you know, a couple hundred people throughout the weekend. And I would have my jars with me and I would let people sniff my jars. Usually I would give out a couple nugs. I'd give them a couple stickers to check me out on Instagram. And I just kept doing that. Guerrilla marketing at its finest. Guerrilla marketing at its finest. Stickers are magic. Slaps. Okay. I know slaps are magic because I'm old enough to recognize the skateboard industry for where this all came from. Skateboard industry is actually where guerrilla marketing came from, too. For those who are familiar with Obey clothing, the whole Obey clothing line and all of that other stuff, uh, that was from originally there was these pictures of Andre the Giant. The original one that he did for Obey was actually this Andre the Giant image. And he used to just go and put stickers on the backs of signs all over Massachusetts and all over New York. And then occasionally he would do large uh, sprays or large pinups on the sides of buildings as well. These Andre the Giant stickers all over the place. And he would also sell and distribute stickers to other people so they could make their own Andre the Giant-like stickers. So he had this whole thing that like anything could be one of these type of stickers. And so that's where the Obey stuff came from. And eventually he had an art gallery and a whole clothing line. And he did, uh, he did spend some time uh, in court because uh, Massachusetts finally came after him. Uh, because they said that he was uh, for vandalism, for sticking, because he was putting stickers on the backs of signs. So he was never blocking the signs, but he was using all that free real estate on the backs of the signs. And so they called him vandalism and they eventually went after him and he had to pay a bunch of fines and do some stuff. But, you know, 
he, you know, that's where that came from. That was the original guerrilla marketing was stickers. And so I just made up some stickers, you know, um, I actually, the first stickers were really just the logo, the Hot Herb logo, uh, which I drew myself. And I had a image, I had taken a photograph of myself and I had drawn, uh, drawn over it with my finger on my iPad. And that was actually my original logo. And um, the second Harvest Cup, uh, this gentleman just showed up out of nowhere on the, on the Sunday event, just started hanging out with us, smoking with us, chilling. And then two days later, I get a message from him. He's like, hey, man, uh, shoot me your email address. I did, uh, you know, I did, a, I did a, a drawing for you. I'm like, okay. And he shoots me over this awesome logo, this brand new logo. And he sent it to me in like seven different color schemes. Nothing I asked for, just because I gave him some cannabis, was social, was nice to him. And um, he gave me this fantastic logo. And I was like, wow, I'm getting stickers made up right away. Stickers printed up in the two by twos and three by threes and started giving those out. Um, and then I had the big ones printed up uh, for the back of my tent, um, more for fun, more just to get the name out there and uh, started bringing, again, started always had stickers and weed or seeds and just can, leaving a trail of stickers. Can weed I stop you just for one second? Hold Most definitely. Most definitely. It, it's, it's a great fucking marketing employee too, because I'm, yeah, I am so guilty of all week, you know, kind of, uh, hyping this episode up a little bit. And I stumbled every time that, uh, I went to say the name because I wasn't sure if it was Jota <laughs> or Hota. I kind of, you know, I'm like, you guys know him. He's the guy with the hat. I'm telling you, if you can see the sticker, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And, um, you know, a but couple of guys. You know, it's me. It's not, this is me. And um, it's. Fortunately, I, everybody did know who the hell I yeah. was talking about. So yep. it is yep. great image there you know it's uh it's very iconic it, you know what i mean it sticks so it, it's worked off. out very very well for me and like i said it's me um you know one of the things i, I joked about early on especially once the when the instagram account started taking off and i was like oh shit it's like ten thousand. like whoa I'm, and i was gaining like a hundred followers almost a hundred followers a day at one point insane like how fast the account grew. Um, it, it just, it just kept piling on and piling on. And I don't, I don't know how, I don't necessarily know why to be on. I'm still amazed by it. Right. Like, again, I'm a guy with a couple, a couple of small couple tents in my basement. I got four plants in flower right now. It's not like I'm some huge, grower i'm not um some huge personality who's been up on stage i'm not a musician i've never been in high times i don't know how this happened i don't i'm so appreciative of every portion of it and i think in general it's because of that um i try i've always been just me right and like i said i've joked i've always joked around with other people especially like tommy and his company i'm like 
hey, Tommy, I got more followers than you. Hey, Tommy, I got double the followers you got. Um, when I passed my buddy Tom Green Team Genetics, I was like, how the hell is that possible? You're a, you're a nationally known seed company. Jungle Boys is carrying one of your, is, is growing one of your, one of your, your cultivars. And I, how do I have more followers than you? This is ridiculous. But what I think is really funny is it's super easy. It's always easier to grow a brand when you don't have a product. <laughs> I don't have a product that's going to disappoint, that is going to not be received well, that is, you know, really there is no product other than me just being myself. And all I do is try to represent the plant. I don't usually get in the way. If you look at my feed and you were looking at it today, did you see any pictures of me? No. A lot of tons and tons of beautiful flower. And Correct. that's what I've noticed too that's probably helped a ton is, uh, well, not that you're not on the page because I, I feel that's a, uh, could hold you back because people like to see the the person you know behind things a little bit yeah well so i do the li I I do the lives you know i do the lives every day for the most part i'm definitely on there people have definitely seen my face um but on my just on my main feed it's all about the plant because that's really what this is always the instagram account for me has always been about the plant it's been about growing it started as a cultivation log for me it started as a way to just record my plant and the growth of my plant and um, just to take the pictures and to be able to see that uh, growth over time, you know, that time lapse of the plant. Well, it doesn't hurt that they're, they're great shots. Thank you. You know what I mean? They're not just um, and everything, pictures. They're, they're actually great shots. And everything's taken with my phone. I don't have, this is all done with my iPhone 8. I'm not even on the latest iPhone, right? I'm using, doing all this with my iPhone 8. Um, if I'm doing a trichome shot, I'm holding up like a jeweler's loop over the lens. You know, I, I'm doing everything as basic as possible. Um, and I've always shared everything I'm doing. Um, I've always shared what nutrients I'm running. I've always shared what lights I'm using. I've always shared all that stuff. And I'm not doing that specifically to advertise for companies, right? I do definitely pump and advertise for some companies, but they're companies I'm using. I only represent stuff I'm using or have used successfully. I refuse to represent any products or brands that I don't use or don't believe in. And I never have. And I've always just, again, represented what I'm doing and like, okay, so this is the nutrient line I'm using on this plant and this is the light I'm using. And it's not because I'm trying to advertise for those companies. It's because I'm trying to let people know what I'm doing. And that saves me answering questions all the time. Hey man, what light are you running? Did you read the post? Cause I actually listed the company and gave you a link and how many Watts I'm using. And I've got the model there. So 
Um, you know, oh, what, you know, what are you using for uh, biocontrol or what are you using for, you know, it's all freaking listed there, you know, everything I'm using is, is in there. And I do that because again, because I want to share with others, but also because it helps answer questions that I don't then have to answer. And sure, if it helps some of these companies get some more customers, great, because guess what? Most of these folks are my friends and I want them to be successful. I love fish shit. Okay. It's a fucking fantastic product. I love all the guys at the fucking company too. They're all great friends of mine. And I, I do anything for those guys and they do anything for me. Um, but again, it's a great company, great intention, small company, just a couple of friends, right? Um, they don't have a, tr a huge, uh, you know, hundreds of people. They're not part of some corporate uh, entity. Um, this is a small company. SLF 100, again, another small company. Family-run company out of California. Super great people. Big supporters of vets. Again, people I want to get behind. Green Team Genetics, pretty much a one-man show you know, um, supporting good small companies, people who have good intentions. Um, I tend to work with, hang out with people who love and honor the plant as much as I do. If you don't love and honor the plant, if your intentions are not pure, I'm not going to be hanging out with you. I'm not gonna be running your stuff and I'm not going to represent your stuff either. Um, I feel intention is super important. And because of my following, I feel it is my responsibility to continue to be honest and to continue to only promote companies that I feel have good intentions or have good reasons good, you know, it's, it's, you all have to vote with your dollars, right? We all have to vote with our dollars and there's no reason to support people who don't support you, who aren't invested in your success as well. Um, there's a really, really good test. Okay. Reach out to the company and see if they respond. and see how they respond. That's the perfect test. Because if they're not responsive, if they don't wanna have a conversation with you, they blow smoke up your ass, guess what? Time to go someplace else. Time to vote with your dollars elsewhere because life's too short to spend your time on bad, bad energy, negative people. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Just cause this person may have some hype strain, but they're a piece of shit. You shouldn't grow it. You shouldn't do it. Um, Ota, yeah. Jason, I just want to tell you one thing uh, right now. If cannabis aside, just the hearing the genuine uh, person that I just seen on the other end of this screen, uh, you've said some very impressive things that... Uh, very impressed me as a person very deeply 
I mean, the whole thing about you supporting your friends and the passion that you're speaking with right now, uh, I'm telling you what, I'd refer you, if you had a brand, I'd be like, support this guy right here. And I'm going to tell people at the end of the show, if you not don't know this gentleman, you need to be following him. Just because I support good, genuine people like yourself. Yeah. And cannabis aside, I, you know, I'm glad that uh, you're you're on our side. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that, that uh, you, you're on our team nowadays. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good it's sir. good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Um, it's good to be in the community. It's good to be, you know, considered part of the industry. I really am so appreciative of all my followers and all of the companies that have supported and helped me out as well. And, and, given me a stage, you know, I mean, the podcasts I've been able to do and the events I've been able to work and help promote, uh, the folks who've come to my grow and tells. And, um, you know, I, again, I'm just me all the time. This is what you get. And I like to believe that that's why I have a following, um, is because I, I'm, I'm just representing myself. I'm just being as genuine as I can be. I'm not, um, again, and I'm also not here to promote myself. Um, I yeah, don't. You are. That's because that's what this show's about, sir. Well, <laughs> we, we wanted to get to know you, sir. And I guarantee everybody that is watching this, everybody that will watch this tomorrow, because a lot of people do come in tomorrow. Uh, will be greatly impressed with the person behind the picture, the the brand, if you will, all those beautiful pictures. This is gonna, that's been the beauty of this show. Uh, I don't know if at this point, because I feel so much closer to you now. If I should be calling you Ota, <laughs> Ota or Jason, but uh, that's that. This is the, kind of the purpose of this whole thing right here. From get one is to. Uh, Bring in the people like yourself that have uh, thousands and thousands of followers and the right. little guys that are here in chat. But right. the thing that is promoted and really bond this community so far, man, I've noticed a strong bond. This is episode 45 tonight. And uh, right. man, what I've seen in this show, short time of these people, you know, uh, bonding with each other is completely different. Because now when you see these people in chat, you know what I mean? Uh, we see yep. each other's faces and voices. It isn't no longer, you know, these little blips down the screen. And uh, I guarantee you getting to know you tonight, you know, has changed everybody's thought on your Instagram, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Well, like I said, I, I, what, I was, what I was trying to say is, yes, I absolutely uh, i am going to get some promotion out of this. What I was, what I was trying to say is, I don't like to put myself up on a pedestal, right? Um, I'm not trying to aggrandize myself. I'm not on Instagram specifically to try to get as many followers as I can. What I do like though, is I do like sharing my messages and I do like encouraging and influencing people to try to grow themselves and to hopefully eventually move towards more regenerative and natural farming techniques. Um, because I also believe that's super, super important, not only for our cannabis, but also for our food supply. 
Um, so that that's all I was saying. I like, yes, I do stuff all the time to promote myself. So yes, absolutely. I'll get some promotion out of this. But again, it's not because um, it's not something out of ego. It's more because I feel it's important to put myself out there as an example to allow others to say, well, he can do that. I can do that. Right. He's like, he's putting these amazing, beautiful plants out, but he's only, he's growing in his basement. Right. With 600 or 1200 Watts of light, you know, and I'm in a five by five tent and I'm struggling over a lot of the same issues that other people have uh, who grow in small environments and things like that. So that's really um, why I do like to get on here and promote and, and talk about myself and my story and promote my events and things like that. But that's to help build community and to encourage people to come out of the closet and to encourage people to take part in what's going on because we haven't been able to for so long. And I have gotten so much out of it. Um, I think the biggest difference between growing in the 90s and growing now for me is that it has become therapeutic. Um, when you remove the risk and you remove the legality illegality and you remove all of the drama associated with that part of it it actually becomes therapeutic it is amazingly therapeutic and beneficial i could spend you know eight ten hours at the office and be incredibly stressed out and come home and open that tent and it all went away seconds the connection with the plant, being able to come down in the plant and see the plant in the, in the basement and see the plants in the morning and get that breath of fresh air and get that positive energy before I actually go to work in the morning and then see that when I come home at night and to have that as part of my life and to have that outlet, truly, truly life-changing. Being able to be part of this community and knowing more than two people to hang out with even though we can't all get together right now, but to be able to say, hey, let's go ahead and go to the Summit Lounge once a month and have 40 people show up to hang out and talk about growing. 40 other local growers to come together and just hang out and sniff each other's jars and share each other's weed and talk about our techniques and what we're doing and what we like and what we don't like and what we've tried. It's unbelievable for me. And so that's why I agreed to do your show. And that's why I do the podcast, because I want everybody to be able to get this part of the benefit, to be able to actually have a community of people who love what they love and care about the things they care about. And uh, it's an amazing, diverse group of people who have been disenfranchised from society because we're stoners because we like to smoke weed, because we have respect for this plant. And so it's time for us to take back our place in society and to be proud of who we are and to socialize and to meet other people, right? That's why I am here. 
I will get on there. It's not because I want to be popular. It's not because I have an ego. It's not because I make money off of any of the stuff I do. I don't. All of it's free. I don't make any money on any of it. I get some free equipment. I get free, you know, free tent behind me. I've gotten some free lights. I've gotten some free nutrients. I'll never buy fish shit. I've gotten tons of seeds, but I don't get paid. I don't make money off of any of this stuff. I don't make money off my events. The sponsors actually pay the, they subsidize the entry fee at the summit lounge for the people who are coming in. So I don't even make money off my events. So this is all for just the love of the community, for the love of the plants, and for hoping that everybody will experience, can try to get some of what I've been enjoying. And, and that's really what it's about for me. So um, if I have anything else I can say, that's, that's, that's why Hope to Herb exists, is to try to encourage people to grow their own. Because if we all grew our own, if everybody who smoked grew their own cannabis, it would be free. And it would be everywhere because we would have so much of it. You, you'd have to give it away. You know? So that's it. That's uh, that's the story of Hot to Herb, my friend. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm amazed. I really am. I, I, I would, I, it's been a nice ride all the way up. I'm completely sold for somebody that's not trying to sell themselves. <laughs> You did an amazing job, sir. You did an amazing job. I appreciate that. Yeah, and like I said I, to you before we started, I don't have a problem talking about myself. I easily rambled on for an hour and a half. It went by like nothing. <laughs> I loved every second of it. I'm sure everybody else has it as well. You know, I I hope you make it to Michigan or I make it towards your way someday so I can uh, shake your hand, you know. I absolutely love the passion that you have for this plant. Uh, I got a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of Michigan growers I'm, I'm very friendly with. And there's a, there's a, one of the chats I'm in is almost all Michigan growers. Um, and uh, I definitely want to make it out to Michigan uh, for, uh, for some of the events, probably in 2021, probably not this year at this point, but um, you know, Michigan is definitely on the list. Uh, to get to some events because I think some fantastic stuff going on out there as well. Um, you guys are also, uh, you're a little bit behind us on the curve, but you're starting to experience some of the stuff that we experienced. I think uh, we also had the advantage of having Maine, uh, our, our big neighbor as well, go legal at the same time Massachusetts did. Uh, also with actually more lax laws up there than they had down here. So Together, the two states have really been able to kind of play off each other and build a, just a tremendous community over the last three years here. And we were really rolling. I mean, until this current uh, inconvenience happened, we were rolling. I mean, we had gotten to the point where we didn't even need uh, Canacon anymore. We were starting our own freaking seed events, um, SeedCon. We just like the community had gone beyond the need for the corporate entities. Even That's how big the community has gotten. So amazing, amazing things happening. And you guys will have it too. I know the amazing things are happening in Michigan. I hope everybody gets it soon. I hope everybody gets it soon. Pretty awesome. So you look like I could see you at a jazz festival too. Is that uh, what kind of music <laughs> you uh, 
Um, I, I like a lot of music. I mean, I followed the dead around for a while. I'm a big deadhead. I always have been. Um, I've always loved Pink Floyd and Frank Zappa. And, um, so I love jazz as well. You know, Mahavishnu Orchestra. It's very big in fusion. You know, John McLaughlin, uh, stuff like that. A little Jean-Luc Ponte. Um, you know, I, I like some. Uh, I like some of the old school jazz too. Some Charlie Parker is always really nice some felonious monk fantastic you know can't beat any of that but I, I like all different types of music i like world music um but yeah you know sometimes nothing better than just putting on a little dead and chilling out and listen to it i followed them around i i used to sell grilled cheese sandwiches in the parking lots at uh, dead shows when i was on tour um again some fun from the late 80s early 90s when jerry was still alive and it still was the grateful dead i'm not uh i'm not so much of a fan of the current incarnation myself but you know a lot of it ended with jerry as far as i'm concerned but uh, i don't know <laughs> so with that being said uh can i ask your thoughts about the new uh, breakthroughs and uh like the treatment with uh, psychedelic mushrooms these days? Or is that something um, you're glad Absolutely to fascinating. Around? Absolutely fascinating. Um, I am very, very much into, uh, into where that's going. I want to start growing some of my own mushrooms, um, not necessarily psilocybin mushrooms, but just like lion's mane, um, portobello's. Just, I love mushrooms. I love eating mushrooms. And uh, so I want to just grow my own mushrooms. And of course, they also have the added benefit of releasing a lot of CO2. So if you end up growing them in your basement as well, you're going to get some additional CO2 added. So that's also a nice benefit. Um, but I think there's just some fantastic, fantastic stuff. I mean, it's been a really, really, really long time since I've taken any psychedelics. Um, I think, uh, I'd say 95 maybe would be the last time I took any type of a psychedelic. And that would be, um, yeah, probably about 95. It's probably the last time I took anything. And, but I think there's just tremendous, tremendous, tremendous capabilities of psilocybin um, for improving, for helping repair issues with PTSD and helping build neuropathways. Some of the science that's, that they've found with not only just psilocybin, but taking psilocybin and combining it with things like lion's mane um, has just tremendous benefits for the brain. Um, so just super, super excited. Um, I, again, as somebody who has understood the history of cannabis and the prohibition of cannabis, I don't see any difference in any natural medicines for that matter, right? Um, these, these things are here and we should really understand them and not fear them, right? Um, psilocybin, psilocybin can be life-changing for people. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's not for everybody. And, um, but I think the microdosing stuff is super interesting. It's definitely got me very tempted. Can't say I haven't been very tempted. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely, definitely very interesting. Definitely following it, but um, not, not necessarily something uh, right, necessarily my cup of tea right yet. 
<laughs> well, I, I asked for two right two reasons because of uh, one because of the lead in with the Grateful Dead there. Uh, kind of seemed like a, a, a easy match up there. Oh yes, and, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, and, I definitely and also have, is I, the I, tech world there because I've heard over the last few years, uh, you know, Silicon Valley uh, with uh, psychotropic drugs, you know, microdosing and stuff like that. So, I will, you know, absolutely. I, I mean, be there. That's. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and there's also cannabis strains. So, you know, one of the more popular cannabis strains in the Bay Area is Blue Dream. And that's why Blue Dream became so popular in Silicon Valley is because it allows you to, to actually focus and stay like in place and sit there and actually code for hours and hours on end and not really get overly distracted, not get overly sleepy either. Um, so it wouldn't put you down and it's somewhat energetic and you can focus on it. And so that's why Blue Dream is really popular uh, in the Silicon Valley area. Um, not so much. I would psychedelics. I don't know. I don't know. Um, definitely not something I have any experience with uh, doing any coding while on psychedelics. Absolutely. I always found it difficult to work in general. Um, I know I, um, I definitely worked a couple of shifts at the deli I used to work at on acid and that was not not easy to do um psilocybin is always a little bit different but you're so goofy and so happy I can't imagine working um but I don't know I don't know I definitely ate my share of mushrooms I've definitely been guilty of running around in a cow paddock or a cow pasture uh, finding my own, and um, I uh, was was very much, very, very much into the LSD side of things for a long time. That was my preference. Actually, I actually liked LSD more than smoking weed uh, for a while. Um, but you can only do that so much. <laughs> We've talked about this uh, episode. I had Tanazi on here, and. Uh... I've mentioned that for multiple reasons because uh, we're talking about the psychedelics and also you were talking about growing mushrooms. Uh, obviously, you have a good in with Tanazi there, but a uh, uh, good place to plug our friend there in the Sacred yeah. Three Mushrooms. Absolutely. Um, but we, we went over the subject uh, of psychedelics then and uh, all the benefits, and we both agreed that, you know, it was good for the soul, you know, oh, for at least once once a year to just kind of bring you back to center. You know, we weren't, neither one of us were suggesting to do it all the time, but at least a once a year to just kind of guide you back home, we both felt was uh, necessary. Well, it, it, it creates and helps develop additional neural pathways in your brain. Um, all of these psychedelic drugs do, they force new pathways in the brain which forces you to think differently. It just, it, your brain changes, literally changes when you do these things and you are forever changed by it. Um, it's, um, you know, even when you get into things like down to like an Oscawana, um, those are you know, spiritual rites and um, those experiences, peyote, uh, is another one that is also just uh, tremendously uh, internal. Uh, it's a very much internally focused type of experience. 
um, even uh, opium, uh, you know, we used to get opium and smoke opium in the late 80s as well. If you could get good tie stick, you could get opium. And um, it wasn't great opium. It was, uh, there was usually two different grades of that. But again, very much an internal kind of soul searching type of a high. Um, but, you know, these things run their courses for people. And, you know, for, I think everybody has to, um, I, I think it's an interesting experience, but some people just, it's not good for them. I, I, I had several people that I know that just was bad for them. They just did not do well on it. And it would sometimes even take them days to get back to themselves. Um, I had an ex-girlfriend who just, she would take uh, any psychedelic and it would take her a couple of days to even feel comfortable in her own skin. Um, just strange things. And again, depending on how your brain works, uh, some of these things may not necessarily be beneficial for you. Um, you, you can hear both sides of that. Um, I think especially with things like schizophrenia, you know, schizophrenia is one of those things that it's very much a if then, you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, sometimes it causes more problems. Sometimes it's better. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's different. And um, experiencing it as though was, was definitely important and uh, was a very, very big part of my development and part of the way that I see the world today. You know, I can't uh, discount any of that or any of those experiences that were just amazing. Can I ask your thoughts of, uh, do you meditate and your uh, thoughts on uh, both cannabis and uh, meditation and uh, mushrooms and meditation? Because I don't believe you could necessarily utilize uh, LSD for meditation. It's good to uh, find yourself and for other reasons but not necessarily for a meditation purpose. But I believe uh, a good uh, low dose of mushrooms and some cannabis, I could yeah. see helping you uh, find its own place where you could uh, relax while you're yep. meditating. I don't... Um, I think smoking cannabis is a somewhat meditative process. Um, I like to go out back and smoke a joint and just breathe right meditation and breathing right smoking is breathing right uh, you're inhaling and you're exhaling and you're focusing on your inhaling and your exhaling and you're allowing your mind to wander um and that's why I like to go outside, you know, when I'm inside and I smoke, I tend to focus on either stuff that I'm supposed to be doing, or I'll pick up my phone or I'll grab my iPad or I'll look at the plant. You know, there's, there's always, there's too much, um, too many distractions. I think when, if I go outside and I smoke a joint, not a pipe, because again, that breaks it up too much. I think you need a joint or something that's going to continue to burn. And then you just sit there and you allow your mind to wander and you enjoy the process of breathing and smoking. I, I actually talked about this on my live the other night because uh, we were talking about smoking tobacco. 
um, I just love, I've always loved smoking. And I think that's because my father always smoked cigars. And even though, like I, I think I said earlier at the very beginning, you know, my father used to tell me, he put me in the hospital if he caught me doing drugs. Um, smoking, because he smoked cigars, smoking to me was always acceptable. And so I smoked, I started smoking cigarettes when I was in high school. And so I smoked cigarettes and I smoked cigars and I smoked cannabis. And I've always loved smoking stuff, right? But smoking is a, um, it's a sacrament, right? Uh, the Native Americans smoked a peace pipe and it was part of their sacrament and they would breathe and, and they would breathe out and they would, the smoke itself. And I think there's something very primal about having this um, control over fire and being able to breathe smoke and to exhale, to breathe in and to exhale smoke. Um, subconsciously, maybe primally within ourselves, there's some connection deep, deeper. Um, but that's um, even, I hated when I quit smoking cigarettes, I hated the fact that I stopped smoking. Not that I wasn't smoking tobacco, it's just that I was smoking, I wasn't smoking. I wasn't going outside 10 to 20 times a day and just breathing and letting my mind wander while I enjoyed that cigarette. It was a sacrament. It was a meditative time where I would go out and I would clear my mind and I would just smoke and I would just breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out. And I, I definitely, and, and it wasn't like I went from cigarettes to cannabis, I was smoking both. And I definitely smoked more cannabis after I quit smoking tobacco because it helped with the cravings. And again, missing that experience, right? That to me is still very much a meditative, almost a sacrament. Um, and um, I think cannabis users probably have better control over their breathing and their lungs than many. I just want to say thank you. Seriously, um, I'm taking many good things away from you tonight. And just, I am so glad that I kind of led you on a little bit further because you just brought a little bit of something out in me that uh, just clicked, you know what I mean? And uh, you've just kind of, I, I hope that uh, you talked about being a cannabis warrior and stuff and helping people click and everything. You've made your goal. I mean, if not, nobody else that watches this show tonight or in the future or whatever, you click something in me, good sir. And I, I, I want to thank you for that because um, there's a, uh, I just realized where I may, where I could be going wrong in my cannabis journey. There's times, you know, I almost think, uh, hmm. There's times where I think that, uh, you know, I mix strains because, you know, I get tired of them or they may be work not working as well as they should be. But uh, you just pointed out to me that uh, it might not be the strain. It might be the user, user that's not utilizing it correctly. And uh, by not, you know, 
stepping out of the environment that I am and in and going outside in which is in in the forest uh I'm missing out on that opportunity to step away and uh breathe and let my mind wander from everything that uh you know I'm smoking for or whatever to relax or whatever it is everybody needs that uh distraction and it's hard to get that distraction when you're sitting right on top of whatever smoking 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 uh it's so much better to go out there and get that fresh air and look at that uh squirrel that's running across the yard or you know something that you force yourself to get away from the machines too right i mean how many times when you're I, like even in the elevator you'll rip your phone out right like I, like we're so like connected to these devices we have to have them in our hands and we have to be connected at all times and we have to be able to message and do this and do that and i can't even stand in the line anymore without looking at my phone because of boredom like when did that happen you know like we used to just think <laughs> we used to just imagine um and so that's i think it's it's important to um to step away and to just breathe right that's really what meditation is right it's it's kind of relaxing and breathing and allowing yourself some space and allowing your mind to heal and to wander and to process and you know all those great things and to have some rest even um, to, you know, to still your mind by calming yourself in your, in your surroundings. I think it's important that if we enjoy the plant in that way as well, you're going to get more out of it. Uh, I know I always enjoy it more myself uh, when I go outside when I smoke a drink. It's always a better experience. It always tastes better. Um, and then I just, I always feel better afterwards. I come back in, and feel higher, I feel good. And I've had time for my brain to just churn away um, and to just breathe and listen and you know, experience. I hope when you uh, come to Michigan, you DM me. You're also going to find yeah, my uh, phone number in your fucking inbox because you got a friend <laughs> here in Michigan. <laughs> I appreciate that. Man. I appreciate that. Man. And uh, I, I really do. You, you've brought some good stuff to the table tonight. And I can't thank you enough for uh, unlocking some, some doors in this uh, hard head of mine. And, uh, awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, chat with you tonight, man. Chat with you tonight. So it's been, been great. I hope you uh, consider coming back at some point. Um, Absolutely. I know uh, people in chat will be super mad at me. I, it's what, something that I do here. Uh, I hope you can have a little bit of fun with this at the end. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, these episodes are steamrolling together quite quickly. And I think since they're coming so fast, I think that number is going to be 100 now. Uh, but I ask every episode, every guest of every episode to give me that uh, like old 70s 80s uh soundbite if you will you know what i mean uh is there any way you could give me that uh, old school uh soundbite uh what where, who you are 
So uh, I, and what I, what show you're on that holds the? I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a good one. Since I am JJ, I give you JJ Walker. That's that old man. <laughs> I'll take this, sir. I'll take that. There you go. That's a, that's a seventies reference for you. <laughs> I'm still gonna. I appreciate that, but I'm still gonna ask you for the the one I'm looking for. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm looking. You you gotta. You can throw the JJ on there, but you gotta tell me. Uh, basically, what I'm looking for is something along the lines of uh, this is JJ or Hoto Herb, whichever you prefer. And I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle. Uh, <laughs> so that might. Hold on, here we go. So this is Hota Herb swinging to you those fantastic stories on fucking talking shit with Eagle. Thank you, sir. You are fucking amazing. I am so <laughs> thankful you were able to take time tonight. And uh, Thanks so much, man. I am going to smoke a little more myself and go to bed because it is 1.30 here on the East Coast, my friend. So thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And uh, please come back at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great night. And have an amazing tomorrow, sir. (laughs) Also, you as well. Happy growing. (laughs) You too. Good night. Hoto Herb. What an amazing... uh, what an amazing guy, huh? I had fun tonight. I had fun. And, uh, ain't no bullshit. Uh, he brought out some uh, good thoughts in my head tonight. Super glad. Super glad he was uh, able to uh, do this. <sighs> it's been a great day. It has. Uh, two amazing guests today. Stacked back to back. I don't think... Uh, I could be any happier about the way this amazing Friday has been. But you guys know the drill. Is there anybody out there that wants to fucking hang out and party? God damn it. It's fucking Friday night. I got a little bit of time. I got fucking weed. Who wants to hang? Who wants to talk a little bit of shit? Who's left out there? You guys know the drill. God damn it. Don't make me beg. <laughs> oh shit you guys don't hang then I gotta go to work <laughs> what are you guys smoking on thank you uh, everybody that's hanging out tonight Chris Merch, Johnny Crackseed Trey Balloon Can of Seeds Johnny Can of Seeds Spark Pulley 99 The Major General 420 man that's something cool about tonight all in itself. Uh, he got to pop in on a live tonight. I appreciate his comments every morning. I actually do look forward to that shit. He's there like every morning, almost like fucking clockwork. So, pretty cool, Major. I uh, very much respect your opinion. Well, I'll shoot, uh, let me drop this chat down and get over here to the IG so I can shoot some numbers over to uh, like Sergeant Pepper one. Yes, Quinos, I do want you to jump in. Uh, 
You're an easy one to hit. Uh, um, we'll get Kimio's in here. I have sent you an invite, Kimio's. And Mr. Smiley, if you'd like, uh, I'll hit you up on IG here in a second. Drop this screen and bring up the Instagram. While I'm babbling on, why don't you guys uh, throw up in chat what you're smoking? I always enjoy uh, reading what you guys got going there. I appreciate you listening. Thank you, fucking American one. You're an amazing dude. I appreciate everybody in this chat. And that's no bullshit. I meant to, uh, I'm glad I got some free time as far as that goes because, uh, you know, I do really sincerely um, appreciate everybody in this community. That's no shit. Um, not just towards me, but the people that have come on to the show and uh, the way you've, you know, treated them so good for popping on and all that good stuff uh, has been very heartwarming, you know. <laughs> I, it's, I, how could I not want to come hang out with you guys? I mean, for real. I, the love and the camaraderie here is just overwhelmingly amazing. Yes, Lexi, honey, my live chat is on. Thank you, sweetheart. I love you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm really stoked to uh, that the Major General was also the fucking able to join. The interview for the grow shop, is that what you can, you're referring to? They actually didn't show up. They didn't show up. I showed up there, and uh, the secretary had forgotten to call me and reschedule. So that's how the interview went. So I'm still a full-time uh, caregiver. And, uh, yeah, Carpenter, money's right. <laughs> you can get me out of fucking retirement for some good projects if money's right. What's up, Jack Greenstock? How you doing tonight? Hope you are doing well, my friend. Hope you were able to uh, check out a couple of the shows. So we did a show earlier today with uh, Joel, which was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, better than I thought. Well, nothing against Joel, but man, he was... Uh, I never have gotten to meet Joel up until today. And uh, he was, what a great guy. What a great guy he turned out to be. Him and Hota, Jason, I don't know which one he prefers, but man, it's been an awesome day. Been an amazing day over here. Mr. Sergeant Pepper 420, why don't you say hello and tell everybody where they can find you? Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Sergeant here from 420. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, SGT underscore Pepper. 
underscore 420. Um, just been growing for a little bit now and just completely changed over a lot of things and excited to be part of the community. Sorry, I feel a little like Mike shy for a quick second. I just uh, kind of got done doing a dab. No problem, brother. Let's welcome uh, Smiley's Garden to hang out with us tonight as well. We're going to bring Kenyos in here to Kenyos. God, I'm going to fucking get that right one of these fucking days. Kenyos Genetics in with us tonight as well. <coughs> I hope you don't mind, Sergeant Pepper. How, you, how was your day? My day Smiley. was good. I'm sorry, Sergeant Pepper. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, my day was good, man. I got to spend time with the fam. And then right now, just doing a little bit of trimming. And I think because I didn't smoke that much today, and then I got to smoke tonight, I actually really got to enjoy it because I didn't get my first high of the day till like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, which is really late for me. That's just a shame, Sergeant Pepper. That's just a shame. I know. You need some tech for that shit. <laughs> 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 Mr. Smiley, how the fuck are you doing today, brother? Awesome, man. It's freaking Friday night. What a what a great couple interviews, dude. Oda's a pretty cool ass dude for sure. Yeah, it was a good time. Very good time. Joel, that so, was your interview earlier too. Were you able to catch part of that? Yeah, yeah, I caught that, man. He was doing the uh, magnifying uh, glass hits. That was fucking badass. I was digging that. <laughs> Sit out there in the sun. I couldn't believe how fucking quick it was. Yeah, me, me either, man. I, I would have thought, yeah, it takes a minute. But back in the day when we lit ants on fire, it took a minute anyway. Uh, obviously, you could smoke weed in a flash. That's definitely way cooler than the hemp wick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. What's going on, sir? Not much. Just getting some trimming done right now. Listening to the show, enjoying. What's up with you, Smiley? Same man. Just got home. I was listening to the show and trimming, actually. Myself. Fun, fun. It's a project that never ends. Nope. Yeah, pretty much. Very true. Very true. Uh, I wish I could be trimming right now, damn it. <laughs> I will be later, though. Uh, really, though? Eagle, do you really wish you could be trimming right now? Yeah, I do. You took the words out of my mouth, Smiley. Like, who <laughs> wants to be trimming? I want to be partaking that trimming. Right? <laughs> it may need to get done. I'm not doubting that. But do you really want to? That's it. Okay. You, you've got me. <laughs> Amen. Not usually highest on my priority. I'll send it again, uh, Kenyos, Kenyos, and uh, I'll also send the numbers to uh, the Instagram as well. Hell yeah, Kenyos. That's what I said. 
So tomorrow or tonight is the. So tomorrow or tonight is. Oh shit! Am I bleeding through? You're you're fine. Oh, all right. It was echoing. I thought, but no. I was just wondering, is that the live show you were gonna do, or or I'm not live, but like the panel show or whatever? Oh, oh, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. You wanting in on that? Uh, so far, well, this is the the lineup for tomorrow. We've got uh, one of the great gentlemen in chat tonight, Sergeant Pepper, uh, holding it down for us for uh, kind of the tech side of things. And then I've got hopefully you uh, popping in to hold down some of the organic questions that may come our way. I've got uh, Mr. Boone's Farm holding down our representative, our Canada growers. And then uh, Mr. Jack Greenstock uh, hopefully will be able to pop in to uh, kick our asses and anything we may miss there <laughs> to just round out that general knowledge loop for us. And uh, I figured that'd be a good night uh, just smoking and, uh, you know, helping people. What do you guys think? Yeah, that'd be cool. I love talking about weed. What are you talking about, kidding? I love talking tech, love talking weed, so I'm down. Hell yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it, guys. I'm glad to hear it. I fucking, I, you know, you guys have been uh, an amazing meat in my book, you know what I mean? If you've, uh, if you've ever listened to any Napoleon Hill books, he always talks about having a good uh, uh, mastermind circle, if you will, and uh, I like to welcome you boys to mine because uh, I like having you guys around. I consider you all of you uh, a good asset to the community. So I appreciate you guys. Just want to be on the record about that shit. Oh yeah, man. That mastermind stuff's cool stuff too. Mastermind group. You are the sum of the five people you hang out with most, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. And if you if you know how to do it right, I wonder what's going on with Kenyos. It does he's having a hard time joining. Hopefully, uh, he, he gets in here. He's supposed to, yeah, include you know a wide variety of people. That way, you know, when uh, you start to fumble the ball a little bit, uh, you have somebody in your circle that uh, says, "Talk that motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> Talk to that motherfucker, man. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the same idea of uh, like even in sports or anything that you're competing at. If you're, you know, if you're the best one every time you go out at whatever sport it is, you're probably not gaining too much, you know. But if you're out there challenged with players that are a lot better than you every time, and you're going to improve a lot quicker. You know? Yeah, like you know, I'm no fool here. Like you're saying. Uh, if they asked, it wasn't just my idea, you know. And again, I love to give credit where credit is due. And this uh, idea here, in particular, was Miss D's Nugs. She was the one that specifically asked, "Hey, Eagle, can you do a Q and A show where we can ask questions and you can help us out?" And I was like, 
yes, ma'am, I can do that. So and when I thought of that, I thought, well, if, if I'm going to open up on a Q&A, I want to be able to uh, try to cover as many bases as I can. Uh, you know, I, somebody shoots some organic shit at me, and I'm just as learning. And uh, by, the, by the way, Smiley, that One Straw Revolution was an amazing book. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd like you, you know, I've got to know when to when to hold them. I don't want to put uh, bad uh, info out there. And, uh, you know, I'd rather have you guys here to put out the right shit. You got Where through the One Star Revolution, though? Huh? You got through the One Star Revolution? That's I listened to it twice, actually. Dude, that dude's a little, like, little badass, ain't he? Fukuaku or whatever, the guy that wrote it. I liked. I really enjoyed the the uh, the aspects of uh, the Buddhism in it. Is what I really enjoyed about it. So, yeah, I listened to it twice. I loved it. I loved how like uh, throughout the story he um, he goes to farming the natural way. So that anybody listening, that did. so he, he was in big ag in Japan, right? And then he went away from it and went back to farming the natural way, and then. Like all these different problems were happening to other farms that weren't happening on his to like where the roles totally got reversed and like all the big ag people were trying to study how he was doing it. That's pretty cool, man. Kineos. I'm sorry, Smiley. Kineos. Try to leave the meeting and uh, come back in. I clicked a bit, but for some reason on my end, it says it's just stuck on joining. And uh, I, I can't either kick you out or let you in. So if you could try to uh, leave the meeting and try rejoining, that would be uh, awesome. The one I'm reading right now or listening to now though is pretty, pretty fucking mind blowing. The Secret Life of Man. I'm sure somebody in chat listened to it or whatever. It's like what? <laughs> pretty wild shit. Actually, Jack was talking about some of the stuff that was. I don't know if you realize that or anything. But... So I got a question for you guys. Have you have you ever had a bud that you you thought it was okay when you were flowering it? It looked okay, and then once you chopped it down, the scent that came off of it, you were like, ah, it's all right. And then you let it cure up for like a little over a month. And then you go back and check. And then all of a sudden you're like, what is this wonderfulness that I talked all this nonsense about? You ever had bud like that? Um, yeah. My, uh, my boy BG hooked it up with this cut of this grape ape. And when I first got it, I was like, all right, you know, it's, it's all right, you know, like I, I didn't smoke it or anything, but it had a good structure to it. So I was like, all right, this looks okay. And then it was really leafy. So when it was leafy, I was like, ah, I was instantly turned off, but I was like, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll ride it out and see how it does. And to make a long story short, I'm so glad I never made a negative comment because this shit's fucking fire. This is what got me stoned before I got on the show. So you're saying when you cut it down, it wasn't that great. And then it came alive in the jar. Like, it, I mean, when I cut it down, it was, it looked, it had good bag appeal. The smell was just pure gas. 
And then, and it was, it wasn't bad. It was just like, okay, there's nothing special about this. I just didn't think anything great. And then when I let it cure out right, and I put in some of those uh, Bovita 62% humidity packs and uh, cured it in a turkey bag. Then I burped it for the first two weeks. And then afterwards, I just let it sit in there in a dark storage tote. And um, I burp them here and there, at least like, you know, probably like every other day now at this point, just to check on it. But when you open it now, it's just this grape gas that just came out of nowhere, this just grape wonderfulness. And um, I'm usually not a big grape guy, but um, I was like, all right, well, fuck, we grew this. Let's try it out. And uh, I'm, getting a little I'm really happy with it. <laughs> Nice. Welcome, uh, Kenios Genetics. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm glad you guys were able to rejoin and not uh, get in on this. Been a busy, busy night. We uh, we had to do some cloning earlier while Hoda was on. Now it's a trim jail. <laughs> what an awesome Why night. Why everybody but me? <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome night, Thank though. Holy shit. Fucking North Star earlier and Hoda tonight. Um, we met Hoda uh, in at the what, Freedom Boston Rally Boston last year. Yeah, he's good people. Best good all. people. He's a good shit. Guy knows his stuff big time. Yeah, he seemed to be a super genuine guy. I was very impressed. Very impressed. And we do know how you feel about trim jail. This is our first trim jail in like three months. So we're, yeah. we're pretty thankful for it. I was just going to say that we all complain about it, but in reality, it's something we should all be pretty thankful for. That's the, the whole goal, right? Exactly. <laughs> You're not wrong there, Smiley. You're definitely not wrong there. Yeah, these are um, some of our very first ever auto flowers. We don't do autos very often, so. <clears throat> was that something you guys in-housed, or uh, is that something uh, you just tried off-shelf from somebody else? Yeah, it, it was a gift from one of our testers. We've got a couple testers in the UK, and of course, as, as you probably know, UK folks are, are big on the autos and the fans, so he sent us some of these as a gift, and... Uh, we kind of needed to turn around pretty quick, so we decided to pop a few of these, try it out. Yeah, after resetting the room, the fastest way to get some more flowers back into our, our jars was to pop something that was going to finish real quick. <laughs> so as a breeder, I have to ask, how was the quality? How was that? Quality. The quality of? of the flowers. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, one better than the other. The one we just harvested tonight um, is going to be a little weightier. Um, <laughs> what? Where is it? Oh, yeah, I already put it away. Sorry. <laughs> I already trimmed it up and put it away. Um, so, yeah, the, the second one was, was, was okay. I mean, we'll get maybe, I don't know, an ounce and a half half off it maybe uh this one this first one not so much but yeah I, I guess i don't know we've run we've run these autos a couple of times this is like the second time yeah and it, it's kind of to be expected 
I don't I don't expect a huge harvest out of them. Um, yeah, they definitely harvest. Have How's the like high of it? You know, the quality of the buzz. Don't know on this one yet. This is a New York City diesel. And we won't know until it dries, so we haven't really sampled it yet. Um, that other one, what did we run last time? It wasn't too, too bad, was super it? Super Silver Haze. Oh, Super Silver Haze, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was pretty it was good. Right. It, was, it was all right. It had some good trichomes to it. I, I don't think they're as potent as regular strains, personally. Um, it doesn't seem like the THC levels as high as its regular counterparts, but well, I think that it's strain it's strain dependent, I think. It's but kind yeah, of what I was asking. And I yeah. definitely think they have their place. You know, the UK growers are very limited in their space. They, you know, they can't really grow outdoors because it's way too rainy over there, and saving time and all. And they're growing in tiny little spaces, and these are great for those guys. You know, that can only grow one plant at a time in a tiny little space. So they definitely have their place in, in our community. 100%. I can't wait until they can uh, get consistent, uh, like, hemp lines of that, too, where you could actually, like, bring it into an agricultural setting, you know, throughout. 2,000 an acre and, and have them all kind of finish at a similar time. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> I think it's coming too. There's been a lot of talk about that that I've heard <coughs> in the hemp lines. I think it's coming. It's going to happen soon. Yeah, I think a lot has to happen with hemp, man. That's a, uh, I don't know, that. Hoda was kind of talking about that too. The emperor wears no clothes or whatever, but it's a, uh, I mean, it's just unreal the shit that we can do with it, you know? And it's absolutely moronic that we're not. And yeah. I don't know. That's the part that I don't understand is, uh, you know, I get it. Money is important and makes the world go around, but how is that, you know what I mean? How does, how does that make you do something stupid? You know what I mean? Or do something that doesn't make sense or whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it'll be cool to see someday like you know you drive by cornfields nowadays and then it'll be like driving by big industrial hemp fields you know yeah uh we actually have one we had one last season not too far away just a few miles up the road from us here we live in maine um they had it was like the first hemp field his parents were so amazed at it and you know his parents are in their 80s and oh my god you see that field they all look like little christmas trees out there <laughs> right <laughs> dude i just want to run really through terrible. one it's got to be so fun when there are that many plants like you see i see these videos on youtube and stuff and you just want to fucking i just want to run through there and just be like oh. <laughs> run through it naked <laughs> Something. I don't know, man. I just want to run through it. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> but yeah, um, we definitely agree on the whole hemp situation, though. Uh, logging is a big thing here in Maine. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of wood products, a lot of paper mills, 
And a lot of our paper mills have been shut down recently. We live across the street from one that has been shut down. And it would be great to see them turned into hemp mills to to make, you know, hemp products. Yeah, totally. It you know, would wonder. be great for our economy. Our economy has died in our state. I wonder if that would be something that could be, uh, you know, re revitalizing those paper mills even too, you know, start an industrial side. I do think that's the, the big, big thing there for uh, hemp. Like the CBD stuff is, is awesome and it's definitely opening the door. But I think the, you know, for really for hemp to step into the, the real ag world, it's going to have to be on an industrial side, you know. I'm excited to see things like ropes coming back and and the hempcrete blocks. Those are those are really cool and innovative. I'm excited to see that get off the ground. Well, I went to a um, a hemp organization here in Michigan. I think it's called iHemp, but um, I went to a meeting they had here in Grand Rapids, and there was a company that. Um, so they're 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 right based right here in Grand Rapids too, but they. Uh, they developed a way to make hemp into a biodegradable plastic and uh they just their biggest hold up is having the supply of of the uh the hemp material that they need at a reason you know what i mean because there's got to be so much supply out there to have the price come down and all that stuff too you know what i mean so like once that gets going like we could literally replace um like in europe they just outlawed single-use plastics and i think california might have too or out west they did but but it's uh you know it's all biodegradable plastics can you imagine like every freaking straw a fast food company sells coming from hemp you know what i mean and like the plastic lids or the glasses from the gas station whatever yeah, that would be awesome that. because then it would actually be biodegradable and it wouldn't pollute the hell out of our environment I'm gonna steal the mic just for a second, guys, so I can address Chad. Just for a second, if you don't mind. No. Um, Majestic Grower, um, if you do have Zoom and you would like to come on the show, please uh, DM me either on Instagram or you can reach me at eaglegardens1 at gmail.com to set you up uh, like a, a show, like either one episodes from today and then uh then at that point once you've been on like one of those shows then you're uh kind of eligible for to jump in and after such is kind of how that works so if you dm me i'll be more than happy to talk to you about uh, getting you on and then uh that makes it possible for an answer such. so and that goes for anybody else that uh is interested in coming on please uh that's the way you do it Sorry, guys, I didn't mean to jump in there. I just wanted to. It was easier just to say it than uh, <laughs> start trying to type that shit. You think and you're I, a post or something? Oh, I fucking, I decided to join you guys. I decided to join you guys because uh, I said, fuck it. Can you see what I'm doing here? No, you can't. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to jump in and do some trimming because I'm just fucking jealous now at this point. <laughs> I, I was like, man, I got to do wet trimming's another thing, which I have a ton of wet trimming to do because I, I don't want to do that on air. But I've, since I've got a lap full of blood right here that needs to be dry trimmed, I might as well jump in with you guys. 
Look at this lazy old man setup right here. Tell me if this isn't some lazy bitch setup right here. I'll point this down. You see what I got going here? This is for my old man eyes right here. I fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't bullshit. Pick That's this bad funny. boy up and fucking doo -doo 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 -doo. I ain't straining my eyes and I can get right in there. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Nice. Harbor, Harbor freighted this motherfucker years ago. It was probably the best 15 bucks I ever spent. <laughs> That's cool. badass. Right, that works perfectly. Can, can you get that magnifying glass any bigger? <laughs> it's pretty easy on the eyes though yeah i imagine <laughs> <laughs> so now i feel like i'm part of the club all right what are you guys smoking on over there what's everybody smoking on well i guess sergeant pepper told us but i'd hear it again uh we are actually smoking on some skunk number one supposedly but not really skunk. Skunk. Wow. Not skunk like I remember skunk, but it's all right. I don't know if I ever really trust anybody's labeling. <laughs> Sometimes you just, it makes you shake your head and go, really? Because I've smoked that before and that doesn't taste right. Yeah, you get that quite a bit. It's it's a shame, but. Were you smoking on Smiley's? Uh, I just smoked on some Sunshine Kush, which is uh, from Midnight Roots. They're here in Michigan. We want a cannabis cup with that shit eight years ago, maybe now. Nice. I don't know. Maybe five coming up. But, yeah, I had it going before he won the cup, and it was uh, it was because I was after um, Sunshine Number Four was the one cut they had around here, and that's what he bred it with with like a fire OG or something like that. But then, uh, so I grabbed the seeds because that was the closest I could get to that sunshine number four. So fortunately, I, I didn't get one that really came out as brilliant as the, uh, it's actually sunshine number three from Bodhi seeds, which is like, I guess a really old seed he released and doesn't breed anymore, whatever. But super awesome. It's one nice. Nice. Bodie's got some great stuff. He does some great work. Yeah, he does. So I just had one of those like can of queen like squirrel moments. That was some funny shit last night if you didn't catch that shit. <laughs> squirrel. Fucking uh I left somebody out and then the panel showed uh Boom will be Boom is supposed to be here tomorrow too. But I didn't uh, include him in that night. <coughs> Boom, boom. <laughs> little stone tonight. Sergeant, what did you smoke? I'm smoking on some great beef right now. That's right. That's the one you pulled out of that jar. Uh, shout out to Jack Greenstock. He was talking about that great being an ester out of terpene. So have fun looking into that. You know. <laughs> I don't know if I like you on the on the, the grape sergeant pepper. You've been pretty quiet over there. I just didn't want to be rude. Everybody was chatting. I, I don't know. I just figured I'd love to take it all in. But yeah. um that that grape is actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> 
There definitely has to be something to that, too, like how, uh, I don't know, just like we've even looking at, you know, we started looking at cannabinoids, you know, THC and CBD, and then we go, well, terpenes, you know, and now it's kind of like, well, flavonoids, esters, and all these other things, and it's like this whole entourage effect that it's like, yep, we just need the plant, you know what I mean? We just need to grow the plant and enjoy it the way it is. Kind of funny. I just love Why the terpenes I? on the plants, man. The, the terps are probably like my favorite thing about it. Like, I'm not a big so much on the high like THC percentages. I'm all about the terps. Like, I feel like to me, you could have something that's like super terpy, and I'll find that a lot more enjoyable to sit there, especially if I'm puffing on a joint, versus like something that may be super strong. But then, like, I don't know, I only need a bowl or two. I, I, I would rather sit there and really take my time and enjoy it. But I also, I love joints. So there's that. Jack's typing in the, the name of the uh, Esther in chat. Like, like we're going to try to pronounce that, Jack. <laughs> Methyl anthranilate. Why do I feel like I'm fucking doing something wrong here, bro? <laughs> I just feel like I'm fucking a shithead for sitting here tripping for some reason. I'm like, bro, brute. I can't do it. I, I'm, I'm, it feels so awkward to me. I don't know. I'm appreciating the fact you guys are letting me do it, though. <laughs> It's hard to this look at that. It's uh, a ruining project. It is. I, I'm not, you know, I respect everybody in the way they grow, but uh, I am not a fucking fan of this dry trend. Shit. I got a crack ass on it. Everybody's on the butt for it. So. <laughs> it's Friday, you know what I mean? Right on. He's like, what's up? What's up? Sorry. Just trying. Giving her all she's got, Captain. I gotta get a glove. <laughs> oh, I got one right here. Yeah, oh. Did you guys see Empire got that new uh, Grower's Choice LED? Uh, Empire breeding? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, he got a new grower's choice. That new, uh, it's like a four bar one or whatever, and it's like green and gold. It looks pretty fucking sharp. Oh, it's uh, huh. yeah, they it might it's make a four it. something. It's like the four something. It's basically like, cause yours is what a six bar, right? Or is yours eight? That's what I was trying to think. It's six hundred eighty watt, but I do think they make a few different setups. So there we yeah. go. It's it's one of their newest ones. I you know I'm gonna look that up because otherwise that's gonna drive me nuts. Let's see here. I just dialed them from sixty percent to eighty percent today. So pretty cool when you can click that and see it get brighter a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's the Grower's Choice R O I 
E20. So basically, I guess this is 420 watts. Um, but what I like is that it like it's got that fold design, and then the gold with the green, man, that actually that looks kind of cool. It's something different. And I guess it's hitting at 2.6 micromoles per joule of efficiency, 3,000 Kelvin full spectrum. Um, this this light right here would fucking destroy a three by three tent. <laughs> but I feel like it says it'll do a four by three area. But I'm just thinking because I'm a little bit of an overkill guy, that thing would be awesome in my pheno hunting tent. Just a little bit of an overkill guy, Sergey. Always, come on. <laughs> I, I admit it, it though. You got LEDs like months ago, and you're like already just like this, this. I got this one, <laughs> so <laughs> this tore up. But that's the way it goes, though. It's like once you see one of them perform, you just kind of like I don't know. I remember that too. Once I got the first one, I was just like right away thinking, how can I replace all my other ones with these? Because they kick ass. I mean, yeah, man. No, not only that, like I'll be honest with you. For me, the first LED that sold me was the R-Spec. And, like, then I started believing more. Because I've seen some people do well with it. But, like, I don't know. I wasn't sure. And then when I tried it out myself, I was instantly sold. But what I like is that my mini split doesn't work nearly as hard as it used to. And my power bill is way cheaper. That's cool. The quality's gone up too, as far as like frost. I really feel like helps with that, as well as the uh, flavor profile. Yeah, yeah. There you go. He switched on the mute. <laughs> <laughs> That, that even furthermore drives home what I was saying. Because I, what I said was, I feel like I'm almost like drinking on the job, like not doing what I'm supposed to. But that furthermore, the fact that I just mic myself off when I went to talk just kind of drove that home. Eagle's the dude leaning on the shovel. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. So, Eagles trim jail sessions. We're all in trim jail. <laughs> so, Kenios, do you got anything on the skunk line? Is that kind of, or is that not really your in your it, library? It's, it's something I'm looking for. It's something I want to play, play, play with. Um, I picked up. Uh, I'm gonna run a pack of Island Sweet Skunk that I got from um, a fellow breeder, uh, Black Pack Seeds. Uh, pretty cool guy does some good work uh, just a small you know small time dude but definitely worth checking out um, so yeah Island Sweet Skunk I got from him and then I've got a Blueberry Skunk kicking around that I wanted to try out I guess uh, but always always looking for you know that old school kind of stuff you know old school anything I love you know I'm collecting land races we've got I don't know, about 18 different land races right now that we've got to, you know, slowly start running and F2ing and all that. Um, 
So always looking for land racing and, and, you know, the heirloom kind of stuff, because that's what I grew up with. You know, I grew up smoking, you know, Panama Red and Colombian Gold and, you know, um, Thai and, yeah, all kinds of that. Uh, the Mexican, we call it dirt weed, um, you know, so a lot of this stuff I'm trying to find, you know, what I can, whatever's left of it, you know, I know some of it's diluted down and, and just, or just now gone, but uh, doing what I can to, to preserve old stuff. I'd like to really start working. That's where I'm kind of going in my, in my future breeding projects, I think, because I really want to get into doing some basic land race crosses and see what happens, you know, doing the, the old school stuff. I think that that's where the future of, of breeding really is going to be. That next big strain is going to come out of some kick-ass land race cross that somebody just stumbled upon, you know? No. What are you considering like a land race there? Is that something, uh, do you have criteria for that or is it... I don't know. Just you know, looking looking for whatever I can get my hands on and try it out. And you know, it does it does it. You know, we pop stuff and I see it all the time. You, you see somebody says, "Oh, they've got the lamb bread." I think I mentioned this when we were on. Um, we, we got a good cut. I think a good cut of, of lamb's bread. Um, really, you know, lanky, super sativa-looking plant. And then you look on Instagram and somebody says, oh, I've got this, this lamb bread that just, it, it looks like there's so much indica to the leaves. They're not the thin, long, you know, sativa looking leaves. And you go, really, is that, is that lamb bread? You know, you have to wonder. So, you know, you take it all with a grain of salt and, and run it and see what you think. Yeah, because that's what I, I just got a seeds handed to me a month or so back from, uh, buddy that went to Jamaica they bought a bag had some seeds in it so it's like a handful of them you know what I mean but it's like I've heard that too where like so many of the you know the uh hybrid cuts have gone around that you know what I mean it's not not traditionally lamb's bread anymore that they right. probably got some kind of a variation hybrid cross or whatever exactly yeah exactly so I try to seek out those guys that are, are you know, doing it and doing it right. Uh, uh, what's the? Uh, Sinbud on Instagram. Oh, yeah, Sinbud. Um, He's doing some really great erasonic. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch. Yeah. Um, um, the Strain Hunters guys. Uh, more towards the, what's the seed? The, uh, I would the seed. Real Seed Company. So yeah. you're just grabbing them and trying to do a preservation run. So you're just gonna do like a male female out of the batch that you pick and uh, yeah, exactly. off to later to try and whatever. It's just to save the genetic. That's cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's you know, a lot of it just for my own personal use. That's what I've always done. Is just you know, I buy a ten pack, pop them all, you know cross what I either clone it and you know ch check all the clones and save it and then make the cross that I choose to make once I've already tried it out or just you know take the best male best female boom you know, and just have to it and keep it you can go back and you know hunt later on you know if you're bringing it out to f8 f9 you can you know hunt down the road and pick 
you know exactly what you want once you've tried it out, run it several times and figured out exactly what you're looking for. So when we when we call something land race, we're pretty much uh, in my book, I consider a land race to be something that's been outdoors, open pollinated with multi-males and it all on itself, multi-generations with little man uh, man made influence into it, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And then there are heirloom strains, strains that didn't really originate in those areas, but were brought there and had, you know, generations and generations and generations to acclimate to the terroir of that area to, you know, open pollinate and create, you know, this uniqueness to this area. Like Hawaii's got a lot of that, like they're, they're Kauai electric. That's an heirloom race. It wasn't, you know, indigenous to Hawaii, but it has been there so long that Hawaii has become a part of it. That's like the best way I could think of yeah, to put yeah, it. Absolutely. Like I got these seeds that I would call heirloom as well. And they're basically, uh, it was like Northern Lights number five crossing something. But the guy that I got them from, his uncle bought them way back in the day. And he did multiple generations of like what you're saying, where he'd select a male and a female and he'd cross to get his next year seeds. And then, you know, this was deeper like from the first of doing those. So I would consider that an heirloom, but it's not really a, like a Michigan land race. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that would be the correct title for it. But. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The Michigan heirloom, Northern Lights number five. Is heirloom is perfect for that, really. Exactly. That happened a lot here, too. You know, guys would just t year after year after year grow the same strain over and over. And just that next year was that next generation. And that burn them red eye. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. There was a uh, Bingham bug weed and there was, uh, you know, Phillips bug weed, just different towns. And they'd have their own that just got generation after generation after generation, 15, 16, 17, 18 years, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which has got to be cool, because I would imagine that over those years, you would see that like a like an equatorial type strain, maybe start to adjust to the environment too over the generation, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Change its style. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that discussion that, you know, it's just uh, environmental just differences between like, so what they were saying is basically a narrow leaf uh traditionally sativa type plant would be found in like equatorial ranges where there's a lot of sun but if you brought a, that same plant to an area where there's like less sun you know like a northern region it would over the generations start to develop a wider leaf because the plant has to try to absorb more light so to speak you know what i mean but i thought that was kind of an interesting uh interesting thing or take on it yeah, absolutely. Frenchie Canoli talks a lot about that. He calls it terroir. It's a, it's a French word for what earth? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's a French this word earth or something like earth. that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it means like this earth, like right here, this place. You know, the environment in this one place is not just the ground. It's 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 everything. It's you know the humidity, the the air your, quality, your the, elevation, the ozone layer thickness. Yeah. That Everything. affects the sun rays that come in in those specific locations. And 
then that will affect a plant over time. They will evolve to adapt to that climate, to that, to that specific terroir. Yeah. And it will make, you know, you can grow the same strain in two different places. And if you grow it, you know, for 15 generations, eventually those two strains are gonna look entirely different, even though it was realistically the same strain. That's so cool. As far as terroir goes, uh, there was a, can't remember where I listened to it in a book or something, but there was a, a, a whiskey. So this uh, whiskey factory like got handed down multi-generations. The building was really old. And so like the grandson built this new building and it was like only seven or eight miles down the road from the old one. And, uh, and when they got to actually producing the whiskey, they couldn't get it to come out the same. And that's what they ended up figuring out is that it was the biology in the old building that was affecting the brewing process of the whiskey to make it come out with the flavor that it was recognized for to the point where they ended up building the new building over top of the old building so that they could still brew inside, <laughs> but then expand because they couldn't get that biology right. And it was only five miles down the road. And I was like, that's freaking crazy, man. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. That's <laughs> to me, awesome. that's kind of the ultimate kind of definition of that terroir, right? Like they couldn't do what they were doing for century or whatever it was, you know, five miles down the road, it was different, you know? Right, I know nothing about wine, but I think it's a wine term, isn't it? And it's like, you know, all your different regions, your different types of wine come from different regions and that's, that's your terroir. Everything, including like the barrels that they're aged in are part of it. It's pretty wild. And I get it, like everybody has their own style of doing it, right? Like even if you're running the same fertilizer line, there's differences that everybody does, right? So there's everybody has their own little terroir to it, but but the real definition I think is to, there's a noticeable difference when grown in that area and it's certain cultivars too. So like in grapes, it's like, I guess champagne grapes don't taste the same anywhere else, but in Champagne, France, or, you know what I mean? They're grown there kind of thing. Well, that's the same reason why uh, some of the best Pinot Noirs come from California because Pinot Noir is actually like a really sensitive grape and it's not as thick a layer of skin as like say like Merlot or a Cab, it's going to be heavier like that. So usually it's more coastal based and like Caneros and shit like that. Um, just because the climate there chills the grapes just in just the right way at nighttime when it cools down and the breeze from the ocean comes through. And I don't know, that's, that's why that grape thrives there. So I truly believe that. Yeah. Still think it's about having the right lawyers to set it up for you. And... <laughs> it's always that, ain't it? It's funny shit. I feel like I'm getting fucking paid not to work and shit. <laughs> <laughs> But Kineo, so you guys grow outside, right? No, just inside. Inside? Okay. Just indoor. Yeah, I've, I've always loved indoor. I, I, I really enjoy the, you know, the, you're controlling the whole the whole environment. I've just always enjoyed, built, you know, all the way down to building it and setting it up and, you know, 
it's it's all on you to make that happen. I've really enjoyed that side of it, so I've always been into it. That's cool. Me too. Every once in a while, I try outdoor. That comes from back, you know, even you know, in the the eighties and nineties, really nineties. Um, you know, it was it was the safe. I think the safest place to to do it. It had its own risks, but um, you know, again, being right there and having everything everything right at hand. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a different world now, though. Yeah. There's a, I've seen some crazy outdoor gardens with the Michigan 12, you know, like uh, they basically had to be separated. So they, there was a big fenced in area. It was basically a pole barn frame that they put a chain link fence all the way around roof and all. So it was totally enclosed with chain link fence and they had separate locked doors, but they had these bigs, like, I don't know, it was pretty good size area where they had their 12 plants but they had 36 because there were three people i don't know how they did it like that but anyway it was pretty kick-ass so they set it up and it was, they're out in the, they're out in the middle of nowhere too there's no neighbors around to see nobody gave a shit you know what i mean so it was like they had these pretty big size uh plants out there it's cool yeah, we're in a we're in a bad spot because we're right on a main street and uh, there's a bank right next to us and the the drive up area goes right in by our backyard. So, yeah, I don't know. Although you know, I, you think about it, I've got a six foot fence back there and and you know my dogs use use the fence area. It wouldn't be a bad spot. They'd be pretty safe with the dogs around anyway. I don't think anybody would really mess with them with, with my dogs. So, so yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't like. It's just too many people around. I feel like I live in a fishbowl already. I hate yeah. It. Once we get our, you know, once we we get our new land and and get a house built and stuff and get out in the woods. Yeah. Get away from everything. Definitely, would love to. Like Eagle said too, you don't want to put them outside and then attract attention. All of a sudden, that you know what exactly. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we've got cops around all the time, and you know, with, with the garden center stuff, we've been lucky so far. They haven't really bothered. Besides sitting out just up the street. Yeah, they like to sit. You they know, like, they like to sit nearby three sometimes. Three parking spaces but, up from the store, and just kind of keep an eye on things because you know they're still trouble. jackasses about that stuff. But it's legal there, right? Yeah. 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 They just yeah, they just try to catch people, you know, driving while intoxicated i think is what it boils down to you know because they can do something about that so it's funny yeah something yeah you gotta wonder that's gotta piss a lot of them guys off where they like used to like right. it was uh even the smell was probable you know what i mean they could search it and stuff because they smelled it right it, right now it's like you, they smell it and they can't say shit really Right. yeah we've come a long way yeah. yeah my girlfriend got pulled over and they like um searched her car and found her bowl all that stuff but she had her med card and they had to hand everything right back to her and let her go it was kind of funny too <laughs> well they can't even search uh, 
just on smell anymore, right? Right. It That's isn't probable heard. cause anymore. Right. That's what I've heard. It is like that in California, isn't it? I mean, yeah. problems at law, we follow them on Instagram. Yeah. Shut the they, fuck up. Yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely not probable cause, at least in California. Yeah. I know it's not probable cause here. I would try to use it here. I would say no. Nope. I think, you know, it varies state by state. Um, all this talk reminded me, we, we forgot a little story when we were on from our honeymoon trip. We got oh, pulled over in Oklahoma. Oh, we had New York license plates. We had a rental car with New York state fucking license plates. So I'm surprised we only got pulled over once. I'll throw that in there. But the cop had a fun time trying to find something to pull us over for. Like we were, you know, going the exact speed limit on the interstate. It was late at night. We were driving through the night just to get to our next destination on time. And he's riding behind us in our blind spot for like three miles. miles several miles yeah so we go to change lanes and the cop finds this opening so he pulls me over for not leaving my blinker on for long enough while changing lanes tells us that's that what he pulled me over we for. know where we're reason. going but the other people on the road might not there was nobody else on the road <laughs> We're talking like three o'clock in the morning Tulsa, in Oklahoma. East Bumfuck, Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> We're just getting out of out of Tulsa. Right. So, would he give you a ticket or just shake you down and let you go? He couldn't find nothing and he he he, he yeah. pulled him from the car. Yeah, asked me to step out of the car. So I yeah, okay, sure. Took him to the to the police car and had him sitting in the car. And runs him down a whole list of questions. Who are you guys? Where are you going? Where are you coming from? We're what on our honeymoon, so it's like this is our honeymoon we're on trip. Our honeymoon. We're from Maine. You know? Oh, I don't think I've ever pulled anybody over from Maine before. <laughs> and then he realizes he forgets my ID. So he comes up to the car, knocks on my window, scares the shit out of me because I wasn't even paying attention. I was like, you know, Google mapping our next destination and, and checking how far we are away. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. You know, I just forgot your ID and then runs down the exact same list of questions to me that he just ran down to him to make sure we're telling the same story. Still ridiculous though for a fucking because your blinker wasn't on long enough. It was long enough. Exactly. In the back of the cop car because your blink you didn't use your blinker long enough. Right. What is that amount of time that I should have left it on for? (laughs) Is that, sir? Should I have left it five clicks and it only clicked three times? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Right. I would have been like, officer, are you are you so easily confused in other cases? (laughs) that was all all he had i wasn't doing anything else wrong but he wanted to pull that car over with new york license plates Mm -hmm. so then he gets back and he tells him that we're not the type of people he's looking for he's looking for the people carrying all that marijuana and cocaine and those guns and that money and that we're free to go 
Little did he know we had, you know, you got a little more than we probably should have in the, in, in the trunk. Or, you know, <laughs> it was just cannabis, but still. I was going to say, that's legal in Oklahoma, though, ain't it? Yeah, concentrate, and that's bad in Oklahoma. They don't, they don't like dabs there. <laughs> I was going to say, the ones I'm worried about the red states, like if you travel, because. Uh, like coming from going from Michigan, you'd have to go through Indiana, like out west or whatever, and Indiana's still red. They can still pull you over for, you know, smells, probable cause, all that shit. So it's like, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. We are proud to say we did make sure we smoked a bowl in every state we drove yeah. through. That's cool. <laughs> we smoked in every state we went through. We made it to California and back, but we completely avoided the South. <laughs> yeah, <probably> wise. <laughs> Ohio is usually a good one to mind your P's and Q's in. Yeah, I'll tell Ohio, you. I mean, I, yeah. we smoked a bowl sitting out in front of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So. Uh, it was, uh, in the South, you definitely, uh, definitely, definitely want to fly straight. You uh, yeah. definitely don't want to give him a reason because no lie, I've literally been fucking followed for like almost 10 miles where they're just waiting and waiting. And the, and the funny thing is like, you know, the, the people that go the exact speed limit, like, and I don't know if that's what happened with you. I'm just telling you an experience with me. And I realized it really quick. If you go like to say the speed limit's 55 and you go 57, they'll stay behind you. If you go 62, they won't, they won't fuck with you. But if you go 63, I mean, I don't know. I went 62 and I've done that numerous times and I've been okay. But then I wasn't wearing New York plates. You just really, I don't even, I don't even know if I want to jump on that. Oh, Sergeant Pepper. Well, I'm just saying That's, like, if, if, as if a, you can't go too fast, you can't go too slow. If you're going right on the, on the speed limit, then you that probably care suspect. Uh, yeah. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. As somebody that has done uh, a lot of uh, moves, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> I, I've said this before, uh, like in a different way. Before you know, when I became legal and was able to carry my fifteen ounces around with me, people with me are like, "Aren't you nervous?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> no not at all in fact this is this is light compared to what i've and i've always believed that right there even when i've been with people carrying my legal 15 they're like oh my god aren't you afraid getting pulled over because i'm fucking speeding most of the time and i'm like no they're looking for that paranoid fuck that's doing the fucking speed limit right looking all shady yeah. You know, me, I'm driving like I got no fucking care in the world. Like, I ain't got nothing to do but get somewhere in a fucking hurry. You know, I don't feel like I'm on that radar at all like that. So, yeah, that's usually the way I roll right there. A little bit over. Not heavy, but definitely over. That's probably it, guys. You just fucking nailed it, both of you. That's probably it. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Go the damn speed limit, get pulled over. That's what happens in a lot of smaller towns, too. Don't you not? Uh, oh, yeah. Small towns, especially. 
Well, because they're like, bored. They got nothing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if they see you're like going like perfect. They're like, wait, that's bullshit. Nobody goes perfect. That uh, <laughs> the whole thing when you said they were sitting like a few uh, parking spots down or a little ways down. That used to, that sounded like some small town bullshit, right? There. Oh yeah, it's we like, are a small town. Yeah, it is some small town bullshit around here. Like five thousand people, so it's a small town. Yeah. Sad. Sad. They got nothing. Not that you. Shit. Not that you live in a small town that you know they ain't open to that shit these days. So much other shit they could be fucking with people for. Yeah, especially around here. There's there's some serious drug problems around here. People don't think about it, but small towns are usually really bad for drug problems. At least up here it is. It, it can get pretty bad. Yeah, there's, there's some other shit they could be taking care of. It's pills and heroin up here mainly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I find the more that you go into the woods, the worst the meth problem because people fucking think they can get away with fucking like outlaw mentality and shit because they live in the fucking middle of nowhere and shit. Yep. Absolutely. Is what I've kind of found out. I didn't think so until I moved up into the fucking woods and then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I recognize these signs from fucking younger days. <laughs> I can see what the fuck these people are doing. <laughs> Sad. Right. Oh, shit. No, I, I still feel like this isn't right, man. For checking out yesterday, all fucking early, and then fucking sitting here trimming, it just mm -hmm. feels like uh, I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> well, you had you had two great guests today, dude. That was an awesome day. Yeah. Hey, how many how many cuts did Joel say he had in his library? I forget. He didn't say exactly. <clears throat> but it depends on how you're looking at that library. Is it uh Standing Mothers, which I think it was around 28. I think he hinted to like a number right there. It could have been more. But, uh, or do you consider that to be seed stock too? Because if you added seed stock in on that, man, I would, I would consider that number probably be pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, because how long has he been, how long was he breeding then? Uh, I believe he said it 2002 is when they started breeding. Yeah. It's a long road. Especially, yeah, if you kept some from every every round or whatever that you did, it'd be crazy. I've seen his records. They're, they're pretty anal. I know he's got uh, uh, nice banks. How many seeds would you say you get off a plant, Kenny? Um, you weigh them by weight, or you don't count them, right? Yeah, it depends so much on the size of the plant, really. Um, we tend to breed them a little bit smaller. I've got like a little two by two breathing tent um, that I use sometimes, 
but then a, a, a breeding room also for that's quite a bit taller, you know, six foot, seven foot, whatever. Um, so it really depends. We don't make them real huge. We kind of keep them a little short sometimes. Um, so we kind of control the number. I don't know, probably, God, I mean, I've seen people just thousands and thousands. Um, but we're a little smaller than that. We usually end up with, I don't know, 500 to 1,000. Okay. Maybe. You know, they're a little bit smaller in size, especially if I'm sliding them into that into that little breeding tent for, for a short time. Lots of times I'll stick my males in there and let the males kind of start to open up, you know. And then I'll just bring a female in and cram them in together for a few days. Um, if, if I'm working just in that tent, uh, lots of times I'll actually do it in a, in a little bit bigger room also, but, um, but sometimes I try and get the, you know, a little, a little quick breed out here or there. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's the F2 generation. So there's no way I'm even, I'm not even going to test the F2 generation. I'm moving right on to F3. Um, I don't mess around with trying to, you know, release something around F2. I'm bringing it at least to three or four or beyond. So, um, you know, I'll do those quick little F2 breeds in that little tent and maybe only have 100 seeds. But that's all we need because we're the only ones popping those ones because we're going to hunt that and do an F3. Yeah, so there's no need to have thousands of them. So so do you try to hold your males or are you just holding like pollen from or don't you even worry about that at all? You I, just... put, I, I put the male and the female together. Um, Every, every time I try not to, I don't, I don't usually collect pollen. Um, I just, I flip my girl and then a week later I flip the boy and it works out good every, every time. It gives you plenty of time on that back end for those seeds to, to really mature. You know, I was wondering if you would keep them a clone of the male, like if you had a favorite male that you. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes some things, um, not all the time. Sometimes I just kill it. You know, let it let it do its thing for a couple of days and it's gone. Yeah, it just seems like a whole nother half of it. Like you know, like trying to keep females is one thing, but then you're trying to keep these males too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it just seems I don't know. At a certain point, it get out of hand. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This fucking dry trimming is discouraging. Discouraging guys. <laughs> God damn, I haven't tried to in fucking forever. You can't about it so much, you go. Huh? Lots of times you can just take the scissors and if it's dry enough, you can just knock them leaves off there without even having to, to, to cut into them. Just Right, if you can't knock them off, it's not dry enough yet. Put it away and trim it tomorrow. <laughs> knock They're knocking off. I just It just seems like so much fucking more work. It seems like I would have been a whole nother, a whole branch done by the time I've had this into this one fucking bud. You're probably not wrong, that's for sure. But do you uh, do you keep anything to keep your scissors clean or anything like that? Uh, like uh, for me, like I feel like the more I keep them in, like rubbing alcohol soaked, like I usually have like I don't know, like four of them soaked, and then like I used to keep all my scissor hash, but. As more time goes by, I'm getting fucking lazy, and I just I swap out for a new pair of scissors because I get irritated, just like you. I, I do the scissor hash. I got a razor blade right here. I'll fucking clean it off. I'll clean it off at some point. 
but uh, no. no, I don't. Not alcohol. I like that scissor ash. Yeah, I do too. Don't get me wrong. Sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Listen, I do too. Don't get me wrong, but there's days where I'm just like lazy, and I'm just like, yeah, fuck this. But there are days where I've just done a big session, and there was tons, and I'd be a fool not to. But like today, days like today where I'm just gonna bang out like a QP or something like that, I'll probably just be lazy and throw it in the cup. Yeah, I, I really believe I could have been much further along one tournament. <laughs> yeah, with an attitude like that. <laughs> On the on the bright side, I'm not getting myself invited to any fucking dry trim parties right now. <laughs> like, look at that slow bitch, man. Paying him fucking dry trim. I've seen. Uh, I used to do it too, where I, when I wet trimmed, I'd just trim them right on the plant, so I could slide the pot right out in the open and go right around it and trim them all right on the plant. Well, I did wet. I've already wet trimmed today, and I've got a fucking a bunch more wet trimming to do. And it's all over there in the fucking dryer. It's gonna go yeah. right from there into the fucking jar. Done. Not uh, shit. I had, I you know what, a half hour in the fucking the fucking shade leaves off this thing, and fucking hanging it. You know, I that's time in my book I would have been had half that trimming done and tell me just, tell me about this dryer eagle is is it is it worth it does it I mean hold trichomes and and all that yeah that's no bullshit I, I I honestly love that fucking thing you know yeah I do have a fucking promo code for that shit but I'd fucking use it even if I didn't that's no word of a lie. They fucking sent that thing to me a year ago. And I used to use this fucking four by four tent behind me as a drying setup. I had that and I uh, also had a little tent that I got from Walmart. They, they say it's like a little portable closet. It's got the bars in it, but it's also like a breathable material. You can zip up and, you know, darken up the little area there. And I do, uh, Clothes hangers and uh, fucking pins, like I, all this shit was hanging up on, and uh, it took up a lot more space and time. Yeah. And yeah. fucking, they sent me that dryer, and they were like, "Hey, man, would you you'd be willing to test this out and give us your honest opinion?" And I'm like, "Sure." And I was fully, fully ready to knock that fucking thing. To be honest with you, and, and he was too. He expected me to pick it apart, and I didn't. I actually really liked it. It saved me a fucking ton of space and a ton of time in drying. Uh, I've been using it ever since. The only reason why I haven't is because I kind of fell behind playing playing uh, host here. <laughs> and things have kind of built up to where, you know, I'm beyond the capacity of the dryer. So I had to, in the, in the pinch... Just fucking pull a bunch of them down and hang them to try to save face and catch up to where I normally would be knocking one down or two and fucking put them in the dryer per day. 
to where I put him off, put him off, put him off, and I found myself in a pinch, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> now I'm fucked. I ain't no, I gotta do something, because the, these gotta come down, and the fucking tents need to be refilled, so I had no choice but to uh, pull them down and hang them. So not my preferred method. <laughs> Even at that, if I had the time to uh, to properly hang like I normally would, I would still do like a, a, a rough, I, I like to do like, I don't know, six nodes at a time or like one big bud and just fucking work it like that, trim, wet trim it real quick, somewhat close, you know, I'd say within a quarter to a three eighths from the bud, just fucking Edward scissor hands and uh that's usually pretty damn good. I find if I get within a quarter that what's left uh, will recess into the bud and look pretty enough at that point after the dry. And I can usually, uh, or I used to just bucket straight off the fucking stem at that point and it's ready for uh, dry. But not the case this time. I fucking, again, I just kind of pulled the fan leaves and left all the sugars on. And now it's going back to trimming. So I'm, I asked backwards from any system that I've usually done, and uh, I'm not I'm not digging the draw true. <laughs> but uh, as far as your question is terpene loss, um, I can relate a little bit to that because I did test it a little bit when I first got the dryer, and it's, my patients nobody actually fucking noticed that I had switched. Not one complaint, same strains. Did somebody go, oh, did you do something different? This doesn't taste quite taste the same. And I've been to many events where I fucking have rolled joints with people and I'm like, can you believe that was fucking off the plant three days ago and we're fucking smoking right now and if it can taste that good, nobody can ever fucking believe that shit. And, uh, yeah. And uh, oh, what I'm getting to is uh, the last time uh, I did do a hang, uh, that plant, I did it uh, pretty much fucking live on air. So and nobody could call bullshit on that shit. It's uh, I filled that fucking dryer, trimmed it and filled the dryer and have had overages. So I had to uh, hang that what was left. So I had three good hangers that sat here and dry, hung dry. And I had, you know, some of the plant in that fucking uh, dryer. So I had a good comparison side by side to hang versus dryer. I couldn't fucking tell the difference. Quite frankly, I almost think the dryer beat it, to be honest. God, about it all. And that's no bullshit. That's straight up. I don't give a fuck if anybody buys that thing or not. That's, that's my straight opinion on that matter. Wow. I like awesome. it. I'm waiting for the round two to come out because he says he's got a bigger model for me, a four pound unit. I'm like, fuck yeah. No, no more hang drying at that fucking point. I can fucking drag my feet to, to make that schedule. <laughs> Send me some info on that. I'd like to check it out. Right, remember we have a garden center. That's a product we'd like to put on the shelf. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really economical too. I think uh, for the first bundle, I think is uh, 
think he was asking like right around 100 bucks, something like that, 120 for the dryer. Oh, and if shit, you buy, awesome. Yeah, multiples, then uh, it's cheaper yet. So I'm sure if you guys were looking to house it or something like that, I'm sure he'd give you a, a good deal to work with him. He's a great guy, Scott. He's been on the show. Okay. My What's herbs now. My herbs now. My herbs now. That's what I thought. Yeah, I'll send you guys some information though. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, I got that fucking thing is half full right now. Primal punch that I trimmed up earlier. In fact, let's do this. Do this. Okay. Hold on. How many days does that take in there, Ego? It's really, it's preset for 96 hours, but it's kind of dependent on your environment. If it's super dry in your environment, like it can be here, it comes with a, like a moisture shot. You can put like a, it sits right down in between the trays. It's like a little shot glass that will help slow down the drying a little bit. But it's programmed for 96 hours. I usually find it's closer to like 72. And, but yeah, so under four days, three and a half, four days, it's uh, jar ready. It's, it's ready for the cure process at that point. I never drive it home 100%. You know what I mean? He's got it set for 96, but personally, I have never let it run that full gauntlet. Uh, I, I like to pull it. I like to let it dry for it till it's kind of a, a crisp. And then I'll rotate the, the shells a little bit, shut her down for an hour or two, like you would a jar, kind of. You know what I mean? When you start your curing process, same type of idea there. I'll, I'll shut it down for like an hour or so and let some of that moisture wick out and then I'll fire it up again until she gets a little bit crispy again. And then that, at that point I start my jar cure. Nice. Yeah, I was kind of a little, I'm, I don't know. I'm okay, little, as far as this goes though, I mean, this is the one, one primal punch here, okay? Out here, spin this lid so they don't stick. Right there, all trimmed off, fucking ready to go. You know what I mean? It smells fucking good as shit too. This is the banana version, and I got you know. There's three trays here. Spin these a little bit. Now, and uh, so it'll, it'll go right from the jar. Or right from here to the jar. And I wet trim this fucking lickety split. And I froze all my shit for a hash. Now versus, you see what here? This is jar ready. I've already fucking trimmed this jar ready. Now I'm going to go back and fucking do this shit. You know what I mean? I've already worked this thing for 45 minutes. I've got a fucking hour and a half into this and it's fucking done. I'm going to have a fucking another two, three fucking hours into playing with this fucking tray here. When I, yeah. This right here. I almost can't wait to get it to wet trimming later. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know why you did that, Eagle. <laughs> That's what happens when you smoke pot for 24 hours. <laughs> That's what happens when you go on live stream and smoke pot for 24 hours. You fall behind and lose a few fucking days. Oh, shit. Speaking of goddamn it, I need fucking since I'm not doing nothing, I need to fucking hit this fatty in front of me since I've taken yeah. a break. I've walked away from the tray. Really not as bad as you make it, I feel like though. Oh no, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, but it's not my favorite thing to do. I'd much rather wet drunk. For sure. I've seriously not had anybody uh, notice the difference. And, and they've all been uh, patients for years. And I would expect them to tell me straight to my face. I know they would if there was something different about their head. No, that's what I was going to say. I was skeptical hearing about the thing right away because, like, one of my earlier days growing and I had the outdoor harvest. This is before I had any indoor growing or nothing. It was like one of the outdoors I got a plant down and I wanted to try it faster. And I had one of those kind of machines where it's similar to that. It had similar trays anyway. And then um, it was for like drying fruits or whatever. But in that, it really, I don't know, it made it pretty harsh. So I was kind of curious. But... I mean, if you guys really, really think about it uh, and go back, what? Let's see here six seven maybe eight years if not better mr tight ran a really fucking similar uh setup that uh, he bought offline but it could have been easily made from uh by anybody it was a tote with the screens on it and he would wet trim on them screens and the tote had like a computer fan that drew air in the bottom and another one that blew it out the top and that was his little drying machine. You know, there's really, he did it for a long, 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 long time and never, he said he loved it. And I don't really see much difference between what he was doing then and what that thing's doing now. <coughs> well, and if you're, you know, if your patients don't notice, I mean, you didn't notice, right? You just, said you the, uh, at first. The, quote unquote provisioning centers didn't fucking notice either as far as that goes when they took in the overages i have nobody yet to fucking go your product is well dramatically there eagle no it's nothing has changed they still as good as it ever was sure when you hand a joint over nobody's like uh you tried that and the herbs now yeah well, uh, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people that, uh, well, everybody that's on the Grows, Michigan Bros Grow Show there has blindly taste tested that shit and has uh, all said good things about, you know, the end product. And uh, they have no reason to, uh, you know what I mean, say any otherwise. I don't, I'd expect them at most, my peers, 
<laughs> to uh, be straight up with me on some shit like that. Well, the other the only other one I know that's similar to that is that cryo cure one, and that's where they like freeze dry it. It's a it's like a big freeze dryer, to my understanding. But they do whatever to control it for the cannabis drying. But yeah, in 24 hours, you can dry, dry the weed and it's already cured and everything. Yeah, they're doing that in full tilt in fucking uh, California right now, that freeze dryer method. The only bummer about it is, is after a short uh, storage uh, period, it holds a beautiful look. I mean, it's like almost off the plant colors. And uh, nice terp storage, but when you break it out of the jar there in, you know, 30 to 60 days, if it's been stored that long, it automatically wants to fucking powder up, you know, like it's been stored a whole lot longer than it has. That's why I've always suggested when uh, I've talked to hash makers and I've asked them if uh, they have a freeze dryer method, if that was the reason if they used it before the bubble. It made perfect sense to me to, if I was going to make bubble and I had a freeze dryer, I try to freeze dry my bud. So when I threw it in my machine, that it would, uh, those buds would just kind of crumble on themselves and instantly give me access to uh, the trichomes versus trying to repeatedly beat them off with the ice cubes. I feel like it'd be just a quicker, instead of a quick yeah, wash, you do a much quicker of a wash, I think. Yeah, I remember Tanasi was talking about the freeze dried bud as like having zero weight to it too, because like you know we dry it, but there's a certain percentage of moisture still in there, and you take all that out, so like that percentage takes away to your weight too. So uh, it's It's just it's just not me. And I don't, you know, we've kind of touched base on the curing process a little bit there, Smiley. I enjoy, I, you know, I can see how I can enjoy and appreciate a long, dry cure. But there's something about that, you know, just over almost like caregiver side to it. You know what I mean? A dispensary or whatever wants it 10% under. But I think we as a caregivers and uh, general consumers would like to see it more like 10, 15% uh, moisture in it. Something a little bit, it's still sticking to the scissors, you know what I mean? It doesn't fucking just crumble as soon as you just fucking scissors touch it. That's what you get from the dispensaries around here mostly. It's like, you don't even, we, you know, touch it, you talk about dry trimming, you barely got to touch it with the scissors. That's the kind of bud you get here from the, the provisioning centers. You just kind of threaten it with the scissors, and it's like, ow! <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that kind of cannabis, man. I like to fucking, like, wipe it off my scissors after I chopped up, chopped up a bud. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. still stuck there, like, sticky. As far as that goes, I've always enjoyed a fucking, I hate grinders. I didn't fucking, why breed up and dumb down your weed with the grinder? I've always appreciated and rolled chunky joints. I find they burn longer and it's kind of a, a slow roll. Or, you know, like when you hit a bowl, you know, how it's just kind of burning off slow parts of the bud there. I feel you get such more of a flavorful, slow burning joint on a chunky, barely broke up yeah, fucking absolutely. bud. 
Yeah, we've got grinders kicking around, but we don't use them. We use our fingers just to break it up. That's what I was going to say. The old guy that mentored me when I started growing, that was his uh, rule of thumb on whether it was dry enough or not, as if he could break it up with his hand and roll a joint. I was, I don't know. So if I ever brought him weed over to show him and he couldn't break it up, he'd be like, no, it's too wet. No, he didn't dry it enough. He's always down my ass about it. Good this is the, I'm sorry, smiling. I thought you were done. I am, yeah. I'm sorry, brother. This is the closest thing I get to fucking grinding right here. It's a, a grinder I bought, and it fucking customly took a drill to this bitch. <laughs> These holes right here are five sixteenths of an inch right here. If, you know, that's the chunkiness that I like of my shit. That's the closest I can find right there to a, a hand chop right that I like. And that barely does justice. I wish I could thin down the teeth. Mm, it'd be perfect. <laughs> you like your cocoa chunky and you like your joints chunky. <laughs> I've That's seen nice. some of those big bombs you roll, so it doesn't surprise me a bit. And there there you go too. Another uh, a perfect instance for a chunky joint. You know what I mean? If you were to grind up a joint in that and roll a fatty like that, you would be fucking eating weed the fucking whole time. But if you roll these <coughs> big chunks, you know what I mean? They, it smokes a lot better. It's more smoker friendly. Which uh, reminds me, I just want to tell a quick little story while I was thinking about uh, weed in my teeth there. I uh, sold some seeds. Well, I guess it was... Uh, yeah. About eight months now, back when I was still selling some seeds. <laughs> uh, I stopped into this couple's house, and I hope you guys they're not watching because they're sweet people. And uh, older couple, though, I mean, we're like 65, 70, and still smoking and wanting to grow them some good cannabis. That's what had me in their living room. And uh, so we're talking, we talked for, we probably talked for about a couple hours easy, which, you know, people, yeah, you know, that's one thing I did love about the, the selling seeds was uh, people were always very grateful when you, you made it there. And it was always such a great meet to sit down and talk with them. But this lady in particular, we got about two and a half hours in, she's got me uh, a dose of her RSO that she's made that I'm already, you know, feeling. <laughs> and uh, she's like, I'm known for it. She's even, uh, God, I hate to go out here. Yeah, I'm known for my brownies. She's, you know, you know would you like to some? I'm like, I don't want a brownie right now, but I'd be happy to uh, take some home. She's like, oh, they're, they're old school. I make them like we all used to. And she actually even had uh, a biker patch, name patch that said Brownie. That was her nickname. And uh, so I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm totally down for some good edibles. And when she told me that they were old school, I did not take that into consideration at all to compare to the way we would make edibles today. 
because they were full on non-strain just through a nice handfuls of <laughs> cannabis right into that batter and everything <laughs> was baked right in it and as i've gotten a little bit older man my teeth have separated a little bit and uh, oh my god i picked cannabis out of my teeth <laughs> forever it was a good ass brownie but man there was more fiber to that thing it was like a full meal it was good and delicious and chocolate but it was a full-on fucking meal <laughs> so didn't uh, even strain the plant material or nothing just through the no plant. no no she made the butter and added the cannabis and the, then the butter and everything went straight into the brownie mix she thought she said she just felt it added more of a full profile to, to the brownies figured with a nickname like brownie she had that shit down pat oh man she's <laughs> such a, such a great lady too i seen her the next time not so long ago and uh you know, I actually did commend her on, you know, the nut brownie was very good and everything. I was just kind of in the back of my mind hoping that she didn't have another tray. Just, you know, that type of old lady. Good, because I got you some more right here, honey. Because I wouldn't have fucking, I'm not that type of person either to say, okay, well, I'll take it. Because if I'm taking it, I'm going to fucking eat it. So if she would have loaded me up, I would have probably fucking been driving home. The fucking cope just fucking tried to tear it. I just poked, choking that high fiber thing down, but I would have ate it. But uh, she was a, a super great lady, and it did ultimately have a nice buzz to it. But I just, I, I, I mean, I threw that thing back like you would a brownie. You know what I mean? Just not even a sus suspecting it on that first one, and just was so surprised when I got a full meal out of the deal. <laughs> I remember those things. Yeah, they're pretty horrible. <laughs> I do enjoy my edibles, though. I can't do it, man, on the edibles. I mean, you can really taste the plant material. It's something funky about it. I, had I don't know, man. I had some. Sorry. Go ahead, Sergeant Pepper. I've already done talk. I was gonna say it was I had a it was a, the day before yesterday. My buddy made these uh, chocolate cinnamon toast crunch treats, and I know it seems like just something simple, but man, that thing kicked my ass. He told me to just have a third, and I didn't listen. Usually, I'll just eat a whole one, but the way he kept telling me, I was like, all right, I'll just have half. So I had half, and I want to say in two hours, I was uh, I was snoozing. That's what I like about the edibles. Go ahead, man. I was going that's about what happens to me if I eat edibles. I don't know how you all go party on them and stuff. I'll eat them and just be out like a light. No choice about it. I'm literally the same way. I have no choice about it. Like, my wife gets so mad. That's why she's like, how much are you having? And I'm like, not that much. And she always looks at me like, you liar. Because then usually I fall asleep and then she's watching TV by herself.
Me, myself, it's fucking uh, edibles and French press coffee. That's how I go. That's how I like to roll with that shit. You guys don't know about French press coffee. You should get on that train. French press coffee is delicious. Pussy sound awesome to say. I was like, I didn't even, I'd been drinking coffee religiously since early, mid seventh grade, kind of. I mean, at, by ninth grade, I was, uh, I was told they wanted me to quit because I was suffering from kidney pains from that shit. Because I was hiking every morning like a mile down to the stop and fucking rob there. And getting, I wouldn't even grab it like a coffee cup. I would go over to the soft drinks and grab me like a 64-ounce cup and put a little bit of ice in there and just fill that bitch full of coffee and uh, grab me a Snickers and then back to the bus stop, I would uh, go there. <laughs> and... Uh, played sports all through so that got to be like uh my whole deal there i'd fucking grew up a whole fucking pot of coffee throw it in my backpack and fucking take it to school in high school 10th grade i actually had a coffee maker in my homeroom <laughs> and was fucking making and drinking coffee in my homeroom at that point but uh i'd never been so like snobby or picky about coffee i'll, I'll drink that shit cold i'll drink it fucking with creamer i'd currently drink it fucking black but i had never had like a french press coffee and then my oldest daughter started working at starbucks and fucking she's like you need to try this yet it's it's best way i'll snobby like a starbucks girl would so good (laughs) (laughs) you'll never drink it any other way and i'm like all right whatever and uh, it was all right but then she got me this uh it's actually a little, it's a mug, but it's a French press mug. You can actually make it by the mug. And uh, I noticed the difference in caffeine and buzz overall, if you will, immediately. Uh, I can drink drip coffee all fucking day long up until the time I go to bed and be fine. What, that French press coffee, man? Fucking three cups of that shit? Fucking, and I'm done for a while with the coffee for the day and I'm noticeably active, more active. There's something about that, the way the grounds stay in the coffee while it's in the in the press that uh, brings more caffeine, I guess, out of it or full bodiness. But it's a whole different game. <laughs> I, it turned me into a fucking coffee snob. Now I drink fresh press. We just got around to grinding our own beans. That's all we do. I haven't we haven't done that French press thing yet. <laughs> oh, you're there. You're there. That's your next step. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> if you're enjoying the, the grinding your own, I'm serious. A fucking French press at Walmart we is like threw it individual cups. So. Oh man, <laughs> they're like ten, fifteen bucks a cup at Walmart, and it will you'll know you'll. You'll thank me. I swear to God. If you want, I'll send you one of the motherfuckers for the seeds. I swear to God. <laughs> fact, I, oh, if there's an address on there, you better look out because I'm going to fucking send you some. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, you, 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 I'll get a DM one day. You guys will be like, thank you. 
<laughs> I'm ready for the most ready. Giving away the secret. I'm going to call it though, guys. Actually, uh, I got to get going. But I wanted to say thank you for everybody on the uh, on the panel and thank you everybody that tuned in. Smiley, Eagle. Um, it was good meeting you guys. Well, thank you, Sergeant Pepper. I'm sorry, guys. Quinos, I cut you off. Oh, she was just saying thank you. How do you pronounce? How do you pronounce your, your name? I'm sorry, I just not the I way I'm saying. Rude, it. I was like, I'm gonna say. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like I don't want to be rude because I was like, I said smiley eagle, and then I'm like, I have this awkward like side. It's like good to meet you guys. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna be real and be like, how the fuck do you pronounce that? <laughs> it's Kinios. Kinios. Okay, Kineos. cool. Because I was like, I'm not gonna be a douche. It's just like I don't know. I I, I couldn't even fucking try. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you, Sergeant Pepper. I don't want to be a douche and just keep saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I felt like my Hispanic accent was going to come out through the pores. I was like, that shit looks like Kineos. <laughs> um. Hey, Dizzy spent forever trying to get it and... and Pedro corrects her every time. She still can't get it right on the first try either. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you guys are dope about it. So that's cool. <laughs> Look, looking forward to hearing from you tomorrow night, Sergeant Pepper. You stayed a whole extra hour longer than you said you would, brother, and I appreciate it. For sure, man. I'm always down to come hang out, man. That's for sure. But you guys all be safe, and uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow night. Peace. Peace. Oh, sorry. Good night, brother. <laughs> That's fucking fun. Yeah, it's Ken E.O.'s. Ken is in, like, you know, family. Ken E.O.'s. Yeah, like long E, long O. My dog's down here looking at me like, what the fuck do you want, Dad? <laughs> Keep saying my name. <laughs> What's his name? Kitty-o. Kitty-o. Oh, that's a dog's name, too? That's a dog's name, yeah, dude. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's guilty for not watching that episode all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm guilty. The, the dog on our logo is is our actual dog. Nice. She's our, our 10-year-old pitbull. Goodness, 10 years old now. I just want you to know, guys, I had a great response from you guys' episode, by the way. Everybody, there was just tons and tons of great people that uh, commented how much they liked you guys. Several and, uh, uh, several guys said the same thing to me. So, yeah, like I had several come, come in and, you know, in DM or whatever and, and say, hey, I enjoyed the show. It was really cool. Quite a few people followed us after it too, so that was really awesome. I made it to my thousand and did my giveaway. <laughs> I seen that. That's awesome. That's fucking pretty awesome. I can't wait to. Uh, I've definitely made room for that Northern Lights. Awesome. I'll get it soon, probably tomorrow. Right, it should be there like tomorrow. 
I hope so. My mailman, I think, has got a problem with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's for real. I had uh, a couple people send me some stuff out uh, like two weeks ago. And they were like DMing me, did you get it? I'm like, no, no. And they would show me the tracking dates, you know. And I was like, and I had sent stuff out prior on like a Saturday and people got it. Smiley got, I sat down on Saturday, Smiley got it on a fucking Monday. And meanwhile, you know, here Medgrow had sent me something earlier, like on the 29th, it said, and I had still hadn't got it. I was like, motherfucker. And of course, the dreaded red stripe. Does anybody know anything about the fucking red mark? I think I know, but I want to know if you guys I, know. I don't. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, what is this red mark? Well, there's a pro main processing center I know in Chicago that you may have, like, for this region goes through. And if it has, uh, like, if it's out of country or something, it can get held up there. But nine times out of ten, which both packages I waited on that were mailed different times that arrived both on the same fucking day oh, oh. both had the red it's just like they take a marker and go sink check check a little something for you to know <laughs> we looked through you shit right and it, and it almost always happens uh on you know shady shit you know what i mean seeds stuff like that always a little red mark on it like just letting you know. And both C packages had uh, red marks on them. Son of a bitch. I'm, I'm, usually, I'm usually sending them out. I'm not getting them, so I've never had that happen to me no. personally. Oh, goodness. Especially the ones I've ordered from, like, Attitude and shit. They've all had marks on them and shit. <laughs> As far as that goes, I, I like certain packages I used to get from sub, depending on the labeling, would have a mark or not. Some of them, actually, I packages I got from sub, bravely, I went back into the fucking post office and was like, what the fuck? Because uh, there, I'd get it like one of those, if it fits, it ship boxes. I'd probably incriminate myself like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd go to pick that thing up and they'd fucking have like a thumb hole in it. And it looked like somebody just pressed their thumb in it just enough to kind of like peep was inside and shit. And that happened oh. in um, multiple packages like that. And uh, they'd never really say, oh, sorry, it just should happen. You know, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I got called. I don't know if you guys heard that story the other day. I got kind of called out by my post office worker. She was cool about it, though. No. I'm Smiley's package. <laughs> and you still got that, motherfucker. I told you that story. <laughs> I told you that story the other day on air. I, I fucking went sure to the post office. It was yours, dude. Fucking... <laughs> Did it have red mark on it? No. Good. <laughs> Good. Oh, uh, fucking... Uh... Fucking, yeah, I went in the post office the other day and I had, uh, was sending off some care packages from the giveaways and uh, I had a nice stack of vanilla envelopes there. She's all going through them. 
making some small talk. All of a sudden, she's like, uh, <laughs> these, this, these smell good. And I'm like, I'm all high. I don't even think nothing of it. <laughs> and she's like, go scans another one. She's like, these really smell good. There's nothing in here that uh, shouldn't be in here, is there? Not that I'm, a, she said, like, then kind of reverts, like, in a good way about it. She's like, oh, not that, you know, I'm against it or anything, but they will kick it back if there's something in here that's not supposed to. I feel like I keep telling my, this is her exact words, I keep telling my husband as soon as I'm done here that uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be joining, you know, smoking the cannabis because I'm a better worker. I can't. But I'm just letting you know, it does smell really good. But uh, there's nothing in here, right? And I was like, no, I just actually fucking smoked a couple joints while they were sitting on the table before I fucking come to the post office. I said, there's nothing in there. They have just, they've been smoked around. They haven't. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, okay. And threw it in the fucking bed. I was like, okay. <laughs> but she totally put me on blast. I was wondering if some people were going to get them bitches or not. Everybody got them. Uh, the old post office. We might not even have that service much longer. Yeah, I just heard that. What's the fuck? It's too slow and it's getting too costly. I don't see how that is when you send something across the world for damn near what you pay the post office to put a fucking letter from Coast Coast. <laughs> Yeah, but what really comes in the mail other than junk mail? Seeds. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, like, but you can send that private carrier too, you know what I mean? Thank God for the hemp packs. That's what I say about that. Perfectly legal these days. Perfectly legal. Oh, yeah. Man, I am honestly still digging this dominatrix at the moment. The fucking uh, lemon pine, a little bit of hash. Makes for a nice joint. Yeah. Does <laughs> uh, Empire Breedings one? Yeah, that's a Empire Breeding Company. Dominatrix. I still think the crosses in it make the the title or the name just as funny. Yeah, dude. <laughs> this uh, the crosses in this uh, Kenny Yo's ah got it ah. <laughs> is a uh, sex tape times uh, duct tape. Are the crosses in Dominatrix? That's that's a good fucking name choice. I am like a firm believer that names need to make friggin' sense. That yeah, makes right. sense to me. Apparently, that makes sense there. I'm pretty sure I'm. She's like Dominatrix. Yep. I could be. I could be wrong about this, guys, but. I'm pretty sure that dominatrix and sex tape 
equals uh, his other strain, which is uh, married with children. <laughs> I've heard of that one. I've heard of that one. I used to love that show. I still watch it on freaking Hulu. Um, yeah, I heard of that strain. It's married with children. <laughs> That's funny. I enjoy the, <laughs> the comedy in this. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's got me. Yeah, that was a good pretty, show. Pretty heavy-handed there. Yeah, I enjoyed that show also. Old Al Bundy. <laughs> Holy shit. Still 42 people keeping up with us. Awesome. Team. Damn. I believe that. Actually, spiked it around uh, like 85 today. I couldn't believe it uh, during the Joel interview. Shit. Friday afternoon. It's a good day to be down. Yeah, there's a lot of people on this afternoon. <laughs> I noticed that on all the shows. I feel, like caught, I feel like that caught the crowd that was, like, usually watches these the next day or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You have a question. I'm able to catch it during the day because I've seen that a few times in chat. Like, yeah, I got to see the live chat, you know, or whatever. I've got to, uh, in fact, uh, there's one guy I've got to make sure and get to uh, shout him out tonight. He left a comment. God damn it. I don't have his name right here from me. I'm going to look it up. He left a comment in this last night's show. He's like, man, I work during the day and have to. I miss the, the nights. He's like, man, I wish I at just once I could make the shout outs at the end of the show, you know, because I don't get to make the live. So I was like, eh, I'm going to make sure he gets a shout out. Right. That's cool. That's cool. I saw a question here, uh, Michael, Michelle, or sorry, Michelle. Um, the Northern Lights, I got, I, I've had, so many people ask me this. I got it from an overseas company from Amsterdam, I believe, um, 10 years ago or so. Um, I don't know exactly what company it was. I was kind of in on it with another dude. And I got the seeds from him, two packs from him. I don't know which company he bought it from in Amsterdam, but it was like 10 years ago from, from Amsterdam. Man, I'm sorry, but I like go right ahead. No, I was just gonna ask that. That's the piney one that you said, though, the Northern Lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the berry lights, you cross that to that mother berry one. Yeah, yeah, MOB. Um, it was a cut of MOB that we've had up here in Maine. It's pretty popular for a while. It's really blueberry flavored, really high indica. Finishes. We usually have like one or two plants end up finishing right about seven weeks um you know definitely eight weeks but like maybe sometimes one or two that are finishing like seven weeks it's a real early finisher great for this kind of climate um the only thing that sucks about it is it's really leafy you know to trim it's a pain in the ass to trim but um but uh yeah so that's that that's that mob cross the very lights 
I think that's cool that it's been up there for that long too, you know? Yeah. It's like old news now here. I think a lot of people are sick of it around here, but I thought I, I brought it out. I, I made the cross because I thought it was something that, you know, people elsewhere really haven't experienced. They're not sick of it. We're, we're sick of it up here, but you know, it's something that, that not everybody's experienced. Yeah. To me, that's something that's a, like almost their, your terroir corner right there. Like, Cause I've never even heard of that. You know what I mean? And you're like, Oh, this one's been around forever up here. Everybody's sick of it. It's like, what? Kind of yeah. piqued my interest for sure. Cause if they hang around that long, you know, it's liked by a wide range of people, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know would hanging oven mitts on my fucking mailbox be too much of an indicator that I'm expecting some fire? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> be a little bit too on the nose. <laughs> Set a fire extinguisher out there just in case it ignites, you know. Uh, I can't wait. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I can't. I'm, well, when did you I get it? You got this the straight northern lights? Uh, what did you guys send? I'm not sure. Yeah, what we they sent, sent you the, the, the yeah, Kineo's lights, Kineo's the straight lights. northern lights. Yeah. So you can get that pine. Yay. I'm stoked. Thank you guys. I might go. That might go deep. They got a whole chat trying to find that pine, so. We do. <laughs> we do. Everybody's going to want it. The pine dreams. Pine mean dreams, chat. It's a few of us. Jack Greenstock's in chat right now. He's uh, one of the ones chasing them as well. What's the, what's kind of like the best that's been found so far? I've heard guys talk about like that pine tar and stuff too. But. For me, right now in my garden, uh, both the lemon lava drops, it's both tight shit. It comes from that rug burn. Uh, the lemon lava drops and the dominatrix are uh, kind of fitting the bill for me right now. The lemon lava drops is the lemon kind of pined on the back end, but in the, the dominatrix, it kind of flip flopped a little bit. It's like piney with a little lemon on the back end you know what i mean it's kind of a flip-flop there but not super super piney um jack's got a couple good leads over there and uh, i've heard from several people in chat that uh that breeze land is something that uh, i need to be looking in that's supposed to be a canadian strain that's uh super piney so i'm gonna look into that as well but Right now, uh, the Kineo string is what I'm going to be running. I'm going to hot potato that thing right into these cubes. <laughs> right from the fucking mailbox, I'm telling you. I'm going right from the mailbox into my little seed container over there. There's already room set aside in that bad boy. I did a little live air on a session seed drop the other night on how to drop seeds. <laughs> yeah, or how I drop seeds, anyway. I caught that too. That was cool. That was cool that you did that. 
Um, yeah, I want you to tell me what you think because, like I said, I didn't see an actual freaking pack. I got the seeds, and you know, uh, tell me what you think. So, what? we think we think it's pretty piney. Yeah, definitely. Wait. I'm so stoked. I, I fucking for me, it's such a great buzz. It it reminds me of uh, the pine does of. Uh, the younger smoke back in my younger days, like freshman year of some good homegrown that I used to get. When it, that shit was gone, it was gone. That shit was like magic. <laughs> yeah, we always but, had a Christmas bud around here. It was always available right at Christmas, and it was, you know, that special piney freaking tasted like an evergreen tree. And there's Michelle in chat saying something about the 79 Christmas bud is still around in cut form and seed stock from useful seeds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Is that something like in that chat now, Eagle? Is that something like the goal is to, to find the piniest strain or is it just kind of bullshitting about different cuts and everybody's just trying to find the one and talk about the ones they've found or whatever. No, it's more or less a search to find the piniest pine we can find. So you guys will share them between each other and almost definitely. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I believe uh, Mr. Jack's getting ready to hopefully uh, not send me a cut. <laughs> you like the way I worded that shit? <laughs> Hopefully I get a little gift of a, a cut from uh, Jack's work. We're, we're on that search for the skunk. You find something really, really skunky, you're going to have to let us know because that's, that's what we're on the hunt for right now. <clears throat> I've got a few variations of some skunk seeds I'd lend you to... Uh, fucking pop if you want to pop them. I'm not going to pop them. Uh, both of them I think I got from Nirvana. I think they're skunk. They say they're skunk ones and skunk uh, 11s, I think. I think I popped the one and didn't wasn't too satisfied in it. But the thing about buying anything from uh, Europe is they call everything fucking skunk over there. That's why there's so many damn versions of Shit, you can find what up to forty-seven over there, skunk forty-seven. What happened to just? Why can't it just be what it says it is? You know what everybody's searching for. Why can't they just be honest with us? It's just skunk. That's what you want, not skunk. They call everything over there skunk. Every if it stinks, it's skunk. But if you're interested in uh, popping either one of those, let me know. I'd be happy to slide them over to you and you can hunt the shit out of them. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. I'd check it out. Can't pop them all. Can't pop them all. <laughs> right? But I want to try. <laughs> we can try, though. Well, it's easier. Like I, this is what I've come to find on the seeds anymore. Is if uh, you're spreading the love around, then when somebody finds that winner, you know what I mean. Then there's always that option of hopefully reeling one cut back. Anyway, you know what I mean. 
that's the way I see it. If somebody else is just kind of helping you do the work that you're hoping to do yourself. Hopefully you gave it to a nice person that, you know, they score that winner. They'll, they might go, Hey man, I appreciate that cool. pack of seeds. Here's a cut of my winner. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. The skunk number seems attractive to me, though. Like everybody talks about, oh, I want the roadkill or whatever, but to me, it always just sounds, it smells like burnt rubber. And then it smokes, it tastes like burnt rubber. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's not a very pleasant thing, I guess, for me. Black licorice, maybe. I'm not a fan of that either, but. I don't know. I'm always a fan of the skunk, too. If I could find some, I'd definitely be in on that, too. I think it's almost like that, the unit. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it seems like the people that are really looking for that remember it from back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, And I think, like, smells tied to memory so well. So, like, I think every, maybe everybody's searching for something that's in a memory that, you know what I mean? Like, you're not... Now you're looking to not necessarily have a smell, but to have it light up that memory and be like, yep, that's the one. Yeah, it's a nostalgia factor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. I thought of that too, Smiley. Definitely thought of that a lot. Like, you know, am I really remembering it right? You know? Yeah. Always question that. Ah, does the Mandela effect <laughs> apply to cannabis strains? Probably. <laughs> Everybody's looking was for there it. was there even a pine? Holy shit! <laughs> no, it didn't exist. Did it taste as piney as we say it did? Really? <laughs> it was spelt a whole different way. <laughs> That's funny shit. This fucking weed makes me stupid sometimes. <laughs> Dude, some of that Mandela shit fucks with you, though. I hate that when I look at it and they ask like, them questions where you're like, which one's right? And you pick the wrong one every time. You're like, motherfucker. I remember that shit. It was Berenstein, man. Right. <laughs> you just guys have... Smiley, you've just scratched another thing i really enjoyed to do when i got time oh. is i fucking i love to fucking smoke myself stupid and watch me some conspiracy theories oh suck me in for the afternoon give me a fat bag and a good comfortable chair and i am in on that shit are you jumping on the bill gates shit then Oh, what's it about the fucking... I haven't been kept keeping up with the news. Oh, man, the COVID bullshit. Oh, that's been for years. That's the whole fucking... What is it? Uh, oh, oh... What am I thinking of? Uh, agenda 47 or Agenda yeah, 27? It's one of the agendas. From the UN to wean off people there. Shrink the whole population down to 10% or whatever. Yeah. Wait, no, I, I could see that. I, if you remember, I don't know who was that. Oh, 
That's right. I freaked right out one night on an off-air fucking <laughs> off-air fucking sesh. We were getting all high, and then uh, we had some problems uh, with the Zoom. And I was like, fuck it. I just, I'm not even going back on the air. Which was probably a good thing, because I went deep into that rabbit hole about uh, this whole wanting to uh, this COVID thing being a uh, a simple reason to get every scare everybody into the inoculation. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about. Is on a decade of vaccines. And, I, don't know, I mean, think about it. It fucking you and God. This is probably how I got shut down last time. <laughs> but think about it. Nine. You don't want to think that government would do like a nine eleven type thing. But I'm not saying for my own. You know, stupid thing here because YouTube will shoot you down for the fucking uh, fake news bullshit. But uh, um, look what happened after that happened. What did America do? What 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 the world do as far as that goes? They went fucking. We're so scared. We're so scared. Please, please protect us. And then we got fucking smacked with the fucking Patriot Act, and we lost almost all of our rights. Well, this time around, it's a fucking virus that, uh, you know, I'm not saying people haven't gotten hurt about it from it or haven't passed away, but so did they from the flu and otherwise. But I think, moreover, that there may be, you know, the I'm saying the virus is real. Don't get, don't misconstrue that. But the propaganda that they're pushing for this virus, the stay home, the loss of economics that they're pushing, all this other bullshit, uh, is heading up to everybody going, please, we'll do whatever we have to do to fucking leave our house. Please give us our vaccination and we'll be happy. And in the end, I believe that fucking, you know, once we've come down to that point, that vaccination may have that fucking Bill Gates shit in it where after a while, I mean, they, they have, they're pushing it through. It has to need to be tested. Who's to say that they, and they're already doing it. And a lot of places you have to be tested and vaccinated before you go back to work on an untested, really untested uh, vaccine. Who's to say this shit ain't going to make you fucking zombie stupid in six months or there's some bunch of ill side effects from this shit, or there's not a fucking nano chip in the fucking cure. You know what I mean? This is, and, and as far as that goes, you know, one more over. Uh, okay, now your vaccine has your chip in it, so you're already set up for the digital dollar. They've already kind of trying to spook people into not taking cash anymore because it might be fucking vaccinated with virus all over it. So they got people we looking at you already weird because you're trying to hand them cash. And that's something else that the whole Agenda 47 that's tried to do from the get is get rid of the fucking dollar. So when now you got people fucking scared to take money, you got them scared fucking because of this virus. They fucking they're gonna want some kind of answer so they can leave the fucking house sooner or later. And one time to uh, better to push this fucking vaccine and fucking chip and end the dollar. Because let me tell you what, what they're doing with this shit right now is fucking dangerous. Fucking really dangerous. Fucking encouraging people to stay home. Not let their own immune system will go out there and work for themselves, wipe everything down with Lysol, which hinders your immune system anyway. But moreover, uh, you're, 
putting these people in economic fucking chaos, depending on the government. Now, now you got people not working. You're scared. They're scared to fucking pay the bills. So not only is this virus hurting people, but the stress and fucking anxiety from what this propaganda they're laying down is fucking hurting people all in themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's sad. It's totally fucking sad. So eventually, yeah, they're going to fucking, people are going to beg for some kind of way out of this shit. I think they're just setting you up for the digital dollar because right now, I mean, think about it. People are making more money right now fucking sitting at home in a lot of cases on unemployment. You know, I had one of our guests the other night, I'm not going to point nobody out, but he was saying a relative, his business was booming right now because most of the people he didn't, he knew we're at home making more money on unemployment than they were working anyway. They were at home getting unemployment and then they were getting money on top of the unemployment to stay home, that government stay home, that extra $600 to stay fuck home. And then they were getting the uh, monthly cash on top of that. Where's all this fucking money coming from? Somebody's going to pay for this. You know, you can't put all your bills on pause for months at a time and think you're just going to fucking snap out of this shit. What it's going to do is implode this fucking system. And at that point, we'll have a fucking bank holiday and your dollars will be worth zip zero none. <laughs> That's Sorry. what it's about, though, is where the money is, man. Damn it, Smiley. See what you have done! <laughs> I know. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's probable that the government did 9/11, but it's definitely probable that the people that own the government did. God, I'm not even going to get on the subject live on there. There's but you go to a war and you take out a debt. You, you know what I mean? They declared this a war, and we took out a bunch of money in debt. Well, that you know, who's profiting from that debt? And that's that's where I think you follow the money. <laughs> You opened up a can of words. I'm actually scared to look at what I've done in to chat right now. Oh, dude, we got that room. We got Antichrist, all kinds of stuff going. Uh, I see my daughter go, virus talk again. I'm out. That is the last fucking thing in chat right there. Oh, fuck, guys. I'm sorry about that, right? <laughs> I did the same thing to Red though, and that night I looked up after a rant, and Red was sitting there going, <laughs> "You covered a lot, a lot of bases right there." <laughs> I think I gave that dude anxiety that night. Fuck, I didn't mean to either. He, he led me down that road like fucking the American one, just like, come on, talk about it, talk about it. And then he opened it up, man. I just fucking, ah! <laughs> 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 oh, it's the fucking, I don't, you guys ever watch it? For years, I, I had to put it up because it was so eerily true to all Alex Jones things. That's a whole different subject right there. That cat was spilling too much fucking truth right there. They had to fucking shut him the fuck up. <laughs> now you're going to get this censored. There you go. Yeah, I probably will. Fake, fake news. You're throwing in the conspiracy, conspiracy category now. Yeah. Yeah, that interview with Hoda was way too good for you to get the thing pulled down now. So, right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Well, it's too late because I don't edit it. It goes straight to YouTube from here. 
<laughs> Hopefully it makes it through. I'll have to put, oh, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll age restrict. You know what I do to these crazy ones? Is I'll fucking I'll age restrict that shit. Age restrict my ass right? a yeah. little bit. I put in, you have to, by law, state from the beginning, before you publish anything on YouTube, you have to say if it's for kids or for not. Which, obviously, it's not for kids, but then from then on, you can uh, age restrict it, you know, put on like another lock on it. And some of these ones that get a little bit crazy, or if I tell some stupid stories, I'll put an age restriction on that video just to kind of cover my ass with YouTube a little bit. Yeah. Oh. What I'll have to do tonight. No. Everybody will still get to watch it. They should be watching it anyway, but kind of covers my bases with YouTube. Right. Yeah. Funny Lexi's pitching at you in the chat now. I'm sure she is. <laughs> I can't believe it's still at 43. I'd expect I, I totally expected to look over and see that number to be like three. <laughs> three and nothing but crickets in chat. Just are you these stop three where it might have been. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're still talking about Alex Jones. Oh no, Jack actually knows somebody that died from it. I'm sorry, Jack. Oh, it's not even funny. I'm I'm completely sorry, but if you know somebody that died from that shit. Like I said, I'm not saying the virus isn't a real thing. I'm saying uh, the propaganda against it's way too thick. Propaganda in general. And you notice that's another thing as far as, you know, that stupid virus shit goes. They told us all in the beginning there when we were fucking... Uh, bum rush in the stores for toilet paper not of that that wasn't my first choice i was walking around fucking stocking up on dry goods going you guys are idiots <laughs> you guys have nothing about fucking prepping do you you guys can't eat that shit but uh they were all fucking saying oh don't worry don't there's no need to fucking stock up on anything and fucking the last two trips i've been to the grocery store fucking there has been next to nothing for fucking meat Shit. Our store can't keep when... flour. You can't keep flour? Yeah, like our flour is like gone. They they can't get flour stocked and, and to stay on the shelves. I went in and there were three bags of all-purpose flour on the shelf. I grabbed one because I'm not the type of person to, you know, take all three of them and, you know, leave nothing for the next person who walks in hoping to get some flour. But the idea that, you know, it's all gone the same day they put it on the shelf is pretty insane. You know, you are you guys in a, like, fry everything belt? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <Pretty much. laughs> I mean, I like to bake, so, you know, I'm making my own breads and stuff like that. So I like to have a nice variety of flour. I have all-purpose flour and self-rising flour and bread flour, and I can't restock any of it because it's all gone. So weird. Trave alone, 
That's all right, buddy. We can just bond in cannabis. We can. Uh, we don't have to fucking agree on Alex Jones. He's a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading a little bit of chat now. My sources tell me that. Uh... <laughs> Have you ever seen him like totally like freak out on air to where he's like fucking beat red and fucking screaming and like smacking on the counter and shit? It's it can be pretty entertaining just to watch it. <laughs> That's what I, I'm saying. But again, a lot of what sucked me in with Alex Jones was a lot of that shit. And this is like I don't know, early two thousands probably. Fucking uh some of the shit that he would say was so fucking off the wall and then fucking years later it all came to like premonition and shit. That's when I really kind of really started paying attention to him. Even though I thought he was still kind of outrageous in delivery. But uh, a lot of the information was pretty credible. I, think, I really believe that's why they squashed him down. I, uh, anyway. <laughs> Another subject. Getting down that rabbit hole again, damn it. Stay, stay focused, man. What is it? Squirrel! Squirrel! That, that was some funny shit last night with Candy Queen. She jerked off there. Squirrel! I told her I was going to steal that shit from her, too. Every time I veer off, I'm going to fucking just start yelling squirrel. Oh. <laughs> uh. That was a pretty fun episode last night. I've enjoyed them all, though. You guys have all been fun. We've had some really great guests. Two of them right there. Two of them right there on my screen. Another great one up there that tunes in fucking almost nightly. Pretty grateful for that shit. You guys are all good folks. Bill Gates can't stop viruses from the computer. <laughs> That's pretty fucking funny right there. Can't even stop him in the computer. How can he stop him in fucking real life? <laughs> <laughs> you learn a lot about your town when you go to the store after it's been wiped clean. Because you find out what they eat and what they don't eat. And our town does not eat healthy. <laughs> a lot of the healthy shit left on the shelf. If it was organic or whole wheat or made out of vegetables, like all the pasta was wiped out except for like the, the tricolor pasta that's made out of vegetables and the whole wheat pasta. And there was whole wheat flour left and... And like the vegetable section was fully stocked, but all the like crackers and cookies and chips and all that shit completely Gosh. wiped out. All you know, the bought goods and you know, easy quick make meals all wiped right out. But all the healthy, you know, stuff that you have to prepare yourself was still full in stock. So if you ate healthy, the store's still fully stocked for you. <laughs> you know, that was weird. Like two weeks ago, it wasn't so the last few times I've been to the Walmart by me, but two weeks ago, 
they had the fucking frozen uh, food section right there. The vegetables you're talking about, they had that shit taped fucking shut. And it said non-essential shit on there. But you could go buy fucking kids' toys and fucking greeting cards and shit. But I couldn't buy fucking frozen vegetables. Yeah, the fucking seed section was blocked off. And fucking all the frozen vegetables were fucking quarantined. Two weeks ago here in Michigan. That is insanity. We had a guest, I forget, uh, I think, I want to say it was Evolve that was on the other night that said over there on the East Coast, there's certain days that uh, they're letting them fucking grocery shop. You can't, like here in Michigan, I can go any day that I feel like fucking venturing out or I need things that are essential. But he said right. they had certain days of the fucking week that if you needed food, that was the day of the week you had to go. Wow. That's some weird shit. Yeah. I think he, that was like in the Boston area. Yeah, that flying no, here. <laughs> that would not fly here. Yeah. No way. They put in a mask order up here. Like if we go into into our grocery stores or whatever, we're supposed to wear a mask. Nine out of ten people still don't have a mask on their face. It's it just well, doesn't was- happen. I felt like a fucking real American the other day when I went to Walmart. And I, I haven't been wearing them. I'm the first to admit that, man. I feel healthy as fuck. I feel like my immune system is, you know, right where it should be. You should be out there touching germs and letting your system categorize that shit. But every, like you said, there was tons of people not wearing masks and you were supposed to be wearing the mask. And uh, I'm just, I was so glad to see it. Was I was just like so so glad to see it. That was another guest that I was. Father Mike was a good one when he came on. I was I kind of asked him how maybe how it affected them guys. He's like, I ain't done. I ain't changed shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> that that's definitely Father. Yeah, Never change fun. a thing. <laughs> I ain't wore a mask or nothing. Then I seen him posted. That's the kind of that's my mentality. I, I like Father Mike. That is my mentality about it, too. He took it to a fun level, though, to where I'd take it to the other level. He, he had put yeah. out going into town, uh, fucking, yeah, he had, uh, he had the fun nice mask. He had a nice little story about Ruby going into the, into the health food store, wasn't it? I didn't read the story there. I just seen they no, were what, going into what, town and they had like some weird mass like kitty mass they were gonna put on <laughs> okay gotcha i thought you were talking the other night when when father was on he had that little story about ruby going into the to the health food store with no mask on yeah yeah no 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 this was gotcha. like a couple of days after the fact he posted so we got to go into town and it was like these plastic like Halloween masks that they were going to fucking wear. And I thought, that's fucking hilarious right there. But me, myself, um, I'm kind of tatted, you know, very well from uh, the hips down, almost to the toes. And uh, I don't find it to be intimidating, but some people around can, you know, whatever. So lately, man, since the weather broke, I'm in shorts, tank top, 
and fucking a skull-covered fucking bandana. You're going to make me wear that motherfucker? You're going to make me walk around your store like I am going to rob that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Your cameras are going to be focused on me the whole time, and I am going to be grinning under that fucking mask the whole time watching you guys watch me and shit. (laughs) That's fucking for reals, dude. I want one of the ones that pull up and it's a skull face from here down. If I could fucking find that, I'd be just ecstatic about that shit. I've seen a couple of ones like that, Ego. I just hate it. I hate the whole fucking fact about it. I don't know. I'm kind of refusing to wear one. I've walked out of a few places now that they make you wear them and I just turn around. Okay. It's kind of bummed because, like, I hang out with you guys on this video, and I've been locked in the house, and people around me. Well, I, you know, like you should, normal as fuck. <laughs> and then you fucking go out to the grocery store and see the people in the fucking mask and the gloves, and six feet thing. And my grocery store, they've got tape where you can only walk certain directions down certain fucking aisles, and I have to go. Oh, that's right. I'm suddenly a fucking weirdo, bro. <laughs> I, I hate it. I just I can't wait for it to all be done. I know it might just be wistful thinking or whatever, but again, and you know when uh, Michelle has uh, kind of pointed out the toilet paper mask, you know, again, they're asking people to police themselves here at most businesses. As far as employees and shit. And so you have to buy your own mask and everything else. If you're really that worried about virus, shouldn't you be handing out masks, clean masks all the time to your employees, you know, as they come in? Something that you can guarantee is clean. Not something that uh, the employee has to buy themselves, which puts a burden on them automatically and they're hard to find. So ultimately, don't you think them people are going to fucking start reusing masks, which is defeating the purpose, I think, altogether anyway. And another thing that bothers me about this bullshit is uh, going to the fast foods, seeing the people in gloves that used to wash their hands, you know what I mean, that are now just wearing gloves, and they know they're not changing their gloves in between or whatever so that doesn't seem like a, a, a safe clean transfer to me at all I'd rather have see them washing their hands every few minutes in between bullshit than just keeping that one pair of gloves on all day even up here in Michigan it's become another weird level they're not even I stopped in West Branch Michigan a couple days ago and it was fucking so weird I stopped at the McDonald's and they I I practically had to throw, they, they slid me out a tray to put my fucking money in. And I dropped my money on it, and then they handed me back a tray again and kind of almost like dropped it in my lap. Just kind of, oh, there you go. Get away from me. <laughs> and then I pulled up to the next window where they had like bread things stacked up, up to the window outside. And then they were dropping your order into that. And immediately closing the window, and you grabbed your fucking order out of the the milk crates that are pretty much stacked up outside the window. 
Wow. <laughs> that, and that's pretty much common right now off the, all the fast food restaurants where I'm at. Weird yeah, shit. I was going to get my lawnmower going this weekend and uh, or last weekend. Uh, the first parts place I went to, they the guy freaked out because I didn't have a mask. He said, here, we got one. I was like, no, it's good. I'm not sick. You know what I mean? But you got to have one to be in here. So I was like, that's cool. So I leave and I go to the next part store down the road, a few blocks away, walk in and out. No problem. They didn't have no problem at all not having a mask. I, was, I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, that's just idiocracy right there to the T, isn't it? I do multiple things before I go to the store without a mask. I, A, burn down like fucking crazy so I stink like weed. Or I, lately, I've actually, in places where I normally would have changed, like today, I trimmed all day before I fucking went to the store. And I was like, eh. <laughs> that way, if I fucking sneak out a cough in the fucking store, it's like, ah, uh, he's been smoking. <laughs> he's been smoking. That's a weird I, cough right there. That's smoking cough right there. <laughs> and I think even if it would fucking, if it, if it came to being seriously confronted about it, about the mask wear, because it's, it's not law, really. It's just a, Kind of a mandate, not wrong. They only suggest that you really suggest. I, if you're medically able to wear a mask, they come up to me and make me. I'll be. I'm seriously gonna go. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna walk right past them. <laughs> Sorry, no mask today. <laughs> Sorry, not me today. Ain't that's a good idea. This time you're claustrophobic and you can't wear masks. Good yeah. I never thought about that one, Smiley, but that's a better one yet. A tougher one to prove. Yeah. Went way down the rabbit hole tonight. <laughs> I didn't even see that one coming. I should have never even said conspiracy theory. <laughs> That's where it all right there. You didn't just dabble. You freight trained right deep into that one. Just like you had a steam on it. Oh, that's just, I'm telling you, and some of that shit I believe, and some of it I piece together and shit. But I sure the fuck could talk conspiracy theory fucking all day long. <laughs> wow. That's just, I love that shit. You want to talk ancient aliens and all that shit? Another fucking fascinating subject. Fascinating subject. To think that we're the smartest thing out there in the whole fucking universe, we all have to be crazy. There's got to be something. Yeah, what am I harvesting next? Primal Punch 2. More Primal Punch 2 will be what I'll be chopping on later. Bananas, banana. Yeah, the banana. <laughs> That's another thing. The dry trim's just making me a lazy bitch too, because I've got you avoiding it over there. You've been like avoiding it. 
I still put the tray down. I haven't even fucking touched it since. I got to see that hangers all around here. I need to be fucking working. And I'm talking about that wet trail. And that's another thing. I'm like, ah, it's already it's already hanging out. I can wait another fucking few hours. I'm going to wet trim. <laughs> just completely putting it up. And I'm actually thinking about now just bucking it off into buckets or just taking it off and neatly putting it in buckets and storing it until fucking I had to get to it. That's what I always hated about the wet trim, though, is it was like you were under a crunch to get it done. You know what I mean? Like you cut the plant down and you had to get that done before you hung it up or whatever. Could be like Sergeant Pepper there and store it like that and just clean it up as I needed it. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I, I hate, I'm not a person, I'd like to perform as much work as I can do and leave myself open for opportunities so you can jump on that shit. <laughs> you know, that's how regrets are made right there. Not being available for fucking opportunities. And uh, I, I cleared that up right now. I am covered with skulls. I didn't want to touch base on that while when I was talking about my fucking tattoo. I am covered in skulls, and I have this uh, skull and crossbones ring right here, which I wear, and all my girls have the exact same crawl. Well, theirs is, uh, of course, a little more girly. They all have their name in it, though, but I kind of, every time I see that shit, I, uh, it reminds me of lost opportunities. It reminds me that uh, it's not a gloom and doom or a tough guy type thing. Sure, a little bit of that's buried in there, but it's more of a reminder to me because I've lost so many people and have uh, kind of so many regrets myself. They're all reminders of me to me that uh, life is short and uh, need to fucking not put shit aside. You know, see, try to seize those opportunities. You know, that's what them skulls represent to me. Is you know, don't no regrets. Get out there and do that shit before you know that sets in before it's too late. You know, it's actually a, a uh, what the fuck? It's not like I'm like pulling my pants down or nothing. <laughs> right here, you guys see it. Uh, right there, that that is what I call. It. This is the the mask you'll have to wear at the end of your days. This is a skull made of skulls, and every one of those skulls that make up that skull is like a. a uh, I coulda, woulda, shoulda, I wanted to, didn't. That Every one of those is, uh, you know, and at the end of your days, if you didn't, you may have to wear that mask of shame, of regrets. Uh, so that's, you know, every time I see that, it's, it's per another personal reminder of, I don't want to wear that fucking mask. I don't want to be that guy that, uh, has said I could have, I should have, would have my whole fucking life. I, I like to try to cross as many things off my list daily as I can. And uh, hopefully when that sweet opportunity comes, I'm, I'm ready for it. That's what they all mean to me. So if you ever see me and I'm all skull covered, no, it's not all gloom and doom. It's more or less reminders of me of people I've lost. And, you know, not to... Not to put things off. 
That's really mm -hmm. cool. Little insight to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good philosophy to live by. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That, that was the road trip for us, the, the honeymoon trip for us. It was just, you know, all these things that uh, that I, I still wanted to see. There's still shit out there I want to see. I did, there's another road trip. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, there's still shit in this country that I that I want to see. So, yeah, it's totally. That's one of the reasons I loved your story. I was sitting here going, yes, yes, I love these people, man. I love these people. They're fucking out there doing what they want to fucking do, crossing that shit off. You know, I I love people like that. I like I I love surrounding myself with people that are like yourselves. Saying, saying, <laughs> Kenny O's, Kenny O's. I'm trying my best to get this shit right every time. Sometimes I get a little high and it comes out wrong, but it's all in uh, it's all in love. No one, I'm fucking it up. Going, eh, he still loves us. <laughs> he might be fucking it up, but he means well. Hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do fucking when I fuck it up though I'm kicking myself in my head I'm like you know that ain't <laughs> it sounded better every day I think the first day you said that uh, you said kinkos yep <laughs> I think oh, I God. did smile and oh, looked at me like I was fucking retarded and shit <laughs> <laughs> <say> kinkos <laughs> oh I did. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, it's not the coffee company. <laughs> we don't sell paper. <laughs> Eventually, right. you can put it in a paper, but... <laughs> right? Hopefully. How do you guys like Dig Day shit? I mean, i probably ask you that, but isn't that a good feeling to see... Uh spreading that love around and you know people posting up pics of uh your strains that they're enjoying like that oh there's be nothing better than seeing somebody else growing one of our strains yeah it's the best please anybody watching this growing something of ours tag the hell out of us on instagram yeah yeah we love it we fucking love it yeah yeah we, i mean we we had we get a couple of testers in the uk we had a tester in germany it was just awesome to think, wow, you know, my own creation is, is going to, you know, we know there's some in Australia, all these different places, and you start really thinking about it. And it's like, holy fuck, the fucking Midwest, man. We've sold more packs to Michigan, dude, in the last two, three months. We're, we're going to overgrow the Midwest. Yeah, dude, Michigan's going to run like 75% Kenyo's genetics this, <laughs> this outdoor season, I'm telling you. It's because we get we got a nose for good shit here in Michigan. <laughs> fires it's fucking fun. That's the truth right there. That's the goddamn truth. We know what fuck good weed is here in Michigan. Yeah, so that's really cool. We love it. We love to we love to see it. Yeah, we love watching. You know, the way other people grow because you know, no, no two people grow the same. We love seeing. You know, we only get to see our strains grown in soil. We love to see what they do in cocoa and hydro and outdoors and, you know, 
we only get to see that through our testers. And then once they're released, watching our customers grow. So we love it when people tag us, you know, on Instagram so we, you know, can see it. Or the only way I think they could get better is to like beat it at a, like maybe an event and hear, you know, standing me a couple people back and hear somebody like, look at, I grew this, you know, and kind of bragging about it. That's the only way I think it could get any better. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. definitely. Yeah. To see someone else take maybe that someday. kind of pride in it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, I appreciated the way uh, Hota talked about, you know, <clears throat> showing off his stuff. And, uh, you know, people do, you know, if you're proud of your, your bud like that, it's it's quite easy to uh, understand their level of growing. You know what I mean? You wouldn't drag around a jar of something if you didn't have take a lot of pride in showing it you know, uh, to people. You know, you Absolutely. Drag around garbage to a, a event be like hey, well, I grew this. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely you know i i heard him say we were, we were taking some clones i think at the time but we had you playing in the background there and i heard him say something about oh it was timing and all this and that and i'm going yeah it wasn't just timing dude you're a fucking phenomenal grower he's goddamn good at what he does we slipped him a pack of morbid when we met him at the freedom yeah. rally Hoping at some point he gets around to popping them because it would be amazing to see to him see grow it out. It. Yeah. To see what he would produce from that would be, you know, the epitome of beauty in a, in a cannabis plant. He, uh, he made me kick myself a little bit because I have all these years been like dead set against branding, you know, uh, I don't like to market. I don't like thought of like marketing myself, but uh, yeah, lately since I've started doing the show, I've and T Dog tried to get me to talk to me right from the get about the branding, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah and I kind of blew it off, and we I still feel that way. <laughs> as far as like me goes, uh, ego goes, I don't think I would want a logo or nothing made. But as far as the show goes, uh, I think I, I would, I could see how a good logo would be very beneficial. And uh, especially listening to Hoto speak and looking at his uh, following numbers there, which is <laughs> very impressive. And to see, hear him sit there and say, well, a good majority is this. It's just for me passing out some slaps and shit. And uh, he's right, good marketing. A good logo, and I love slaps. I'm fucking totally guilty of that. I go to the grocery yep. grocery store. I'm like, what? Hit me with the freebies. Fucking same thing at an events. Slap, slap, slaps. You got slaps? I want slaps. Slap, slaps. I fucking take them things all day long and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I opened opened up these tents right now. All these fucking hoods and fucking are just covered in slaps, man. Fucking every event, I just come home. Stink, 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 stink. My old, uh, the grow room for my last uh, operation there, the door, fucking both sides of that door was completely covered. And, you know, it looked like a travel suitcase with so many fucking stickers on that bitch. I almost took the door when I left. I didn't. I should have. 
<laughs> That's what mine's doing right now, Ego. Working on the opposite side. I got one about covered. Nice. See, I wasn't far off. I'm glad I'm not the only one. But I'm trying to keep it to where you don't I don't have duplicates all over the door. They're all single non duplicates. I hope I I hope I got a Kenyo sticker, I'm just saying. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I don't think there's any in there, dude. Did, did we get stickers in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we might Boy. have to send it a second time. <laughs> right. Just to get him oh. a sticker. Yeah, but it's too bad. <laughs> oh, I'm just playing. Oh, it's too bad. We might have to send you another package. Right. Oh. We might have to make you a couple special big ones or something. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Oh, man. I, I would love to I make all I of our stuff. somewhere prominent. Do you? Yeah. Nice. Our, all our menus, our stickers, our website, I, that's all. I do all that. That saves a lot. That saves a lot. Yeah. Website, guys. Yeah, that was the point. Yeah. So I might have to whip you up a special little sticker package or something. I would really dig that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I would dig that. We can work something out. You guys, you guys already got the address, so. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. see how quick. You see how quick you guys got that shit too. I I don't even. I usually don't do that as quickly as. Uh, you guys mentioned them pine terps and that fucking. They, my address was in their DM before they even left. As soon as I said I was gonna, it was in their DM. Yeah, I'll give you my address. We want to send some of that pine over here. It was already in their DM. Like, boom. <laughs> oh, and I appreciate you guys sending me out that yeah. shit. I, I, like I said, I'm not usually like that, but pine turps. And uh, yeah. That's kind of what's so it. great about our community, though, is if somebody knows somebody else needs something and they've got it and they've got enough to share. They're willing to share it 99% of the time. Like we had somebody come to us one, uh, uh, recently that, that grows for their, their spouse and he didn't know very much about what he was looking for for her and stuff. And, you know, he bought a couple of things from us and we threw in a bunch of other stuff that we thought might help his wife out because that's the kind of people that exist in this community, you know? And we would want somebody to do that back for us. Yeah. And most of the time, that would happen. Well, what I hope to give back to you guys is as much information as I can give you on <clears throat> will. You have my word. I'll document that shit as well as I can. Because I appreciate it. I really do. Information nice. is gold, man. Gold. <laughs> Pictures, I find, you know, information's nice, but I, I like to... Uh, Provide some great pictures when it comes time to. Oh, I I love pictures. I'm a photographer, so I love pictures. <laughs> I said, Hotel fucking gave away some good secrets tonight because I'm guilty of that shit 100%. People don't realize these phones have fucked. This phone that I just bought, this fucking 20, 
I don't know how you could hold a loop up to that bitch. <laughs> There's four four cameras on that thing, or four little. <laughs> But before, when like all my like previous uh, old old Instagram pictures, where the jewelers loop right up to the fucking lens like that under a good light, you can get some amazing shots with a, a jewelers loop right up to your cell phone like that. Moreover, now I use this thing right here because it's already got that nice <laughs> white light. Put your cell phone. I'm serious. I fucking I, I'll I'll put this right up to a plant. And then zoom in nice and with a like a your uh, what do they call it? Uh, there's a I have to look at. There's a certain you can do it on a regular focus, but let's see what it is. Uh, it's like a vivid. I think it's vivid mode on here, but it takes just beautiful crystal clear pictures. You just sit here and focus on that thing. You can zoom in just perfectly. And it's all well lit, you know what I mean? From the ring, takes beautiful blood pictures. It's It's a a cheater ring, really. I'd use that thing for trimming, beautiful blood shots. I'm telling you, that was a nice $20 investment from Harbor Freight. We just bought new cell phones because both of ours are uh, ancient dinosaurs with shitty ass cameras and none of our pictures ever come out anywhere near decent so anytime we want a halfway nice picture of our buds i gotta pull down the backdrop and break out the lighting and set up a tripod and break out the dslr so we can have some really nice pictures but uh, dlsrs are a completely different thing you can put that in on your laptop and do a lot of work to them photos really make certain aspects of it you know stand out even better so if you know how to use shutter speed and fucking really you know there's a lot of uses to a good camera if you know how to fucking use the camera which most people have no idea how to do about shutter speed and fucking how to shadow with lights and shit photography is an art all in itself what I do is just cheater shit to compare. <laughs> Real photographer would do this. For cheater. Instagram, it's nice to have cheater shit that actually comes out halfway decent. So we had to invest in a couple of new phones. They're actually supposed to be here tomorrow, but I don't think they're going to make it till Monday. But we had to. Like, it sucks having crappy quality pictures for Instagram. You know, if you want to post nightly, I don't want to break out the big camera every single night and go through putting it on a computer and emailing it to ourselves just to post it on Instagram, you know? So it's nice to have something to take halfway decent photos on a nightly basis. Guys, we're like five minutes away from 420. I'm already chiefing down, but I'm going to probably do it (laughs) at 420. I guess we're going to make it. We might as well... uh... I can't believe we made it, to be honest with you. Went quick, always does. Right? We stayed we stayed on till after 420 on last Friday's show too. Fucking uh 37 great folks still hanging in tough. Wow. Wow. 
That is pretty awesome. You know, it, it, it's awesome because I see these guys in other chats and they're fucking just bonding like they do, just like they do in here, man. Hi, guys. Oh, I haven't seen you since last night. Fucking awesome, man. I didn't, Tons I guess of, I didn't, when I came in on Fada's show there, the first night that I came in here, um, I didn't realize you had been on for like just really such a short period of time as far as like, I know you fucking do it every night, which is, my God, commendable, but um, that you were, you hadn't been doing it for that long. I mean, it totally seemed like you'd been doing it for a while when we first tuned in a couple weeks ago. Appreciate that, man. Just jumped in full force. <laughs> full force, like I do most shit. That's really cool. Not one a day. Eagles, Ego originally said one a day, and then he says, fuck it, I'm going to do five-hour shows every day. And now he says, <laughs> I'm going to do two a days. When I said fuck it, I was going to do them every day, I had no idea I was setting myself up for five-hour shows. I'm not complaining. I love hanging out. You know, I, this is getting to be one of my favorite parts of the day right here. It's fucking sitting down and talking with everybody and watching all these great people show up and communicate with the, each other. <clears throat> Some nights I'm a little jealous, to be honest with you, that uh, I'm on this side and not back on that side because I, I like being in chat. <laughs> <laughs> I like hanging out and chatting and fucking talking with everybody and shit. But uh, this side's pretty fucking cool too, that's for sure. Well, geez, we've been talking about the idea of doing something like this at some point in time, so maybe you'll end up in the chat on that side then. <laughs> well, I'll definitely be there to support you guys. Shit, you guys popped in and supported my show, I'd be fucking only ass nine and have to return the favor thing. That'd be cool. You guys thinking about doing a show? We've been discussing it for a while. No, keep keep throwing it up know. in the air and 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 missing catching it, I guess. And <laughs> but we've we've debated debated on it for a while. Like you know, some reading cross or something or doing like a what do you what are you kind of thinking? It's like a garden update weekly thing, or yeah, no idea really. We've kind of, I don't know, kicked around you know, a bunch of where we've got so much between breeding and like the garden center. You know, there's we can give updates on tester strains that are we're running and you know, crosses we're making, and then like new products that we're discovering and stuff. and you know, educational segments, you know, teach people about nutrients and the soil food web. And yeah, Hoda, Hoda made us both smile when he said the, the word soil food web. That's, that's some of our favorite words on the planet. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's actually a good idea too, especially if you guys don't carry it, you know, I mean, in everything you carry, you use or have used, you could do that and give a, a little spiel on them. That's cool. Oh, your fucking suppliers would love you for that shit. 
right? Like a weekly fucking. Well, this is how you would use this product and shit, and actually go through ripping the bag open and how you'd use it and shit. I'm sure that your suppliers would be like, "Oh, we love you guys. <laughs> we love you guys." They'd probably give you a better break and uh, you know feature you on their page and shit. Right. Cheers. Good point. Absolutely. Cheers. 420 guys, keep here. That's one way I've fucking I've kind of always been very good at in life is uh, networking. <laughs> I'm a good networking person. I'm not as good with people, but she's really good with people, so she kind of helps carry me through and you know I don't know, we work pretty well together, so I do all right dealing with people. <laughs> it can be tough, especially in the scene game. Yeah. Not, not an easy, not an easy run. <laughs> you gotta have. Oh, definitely. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm finding that I've got to grow a thick skin, real quick. <laughs> yeah. How many calls do you guys get that end with? Do you guys sell phones? Oh my God! So many. After after like a forty five minute call of asking about which strains are what, how they affect you, and would you suggest this and that, and then at the end they just want to know do you do you have phone or flower, or if we you know do you sell flower? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feminized seeds. Uh, Gums. Uh-huh. No, everybody wants fems. <laughs> I, that's another one I always appreciated right there. Just because nine times out of ten, they got my fucking number and it's off a fucking menu of regular seeds. It's like <laughs> you took absolutely no time to look at that menu before you picked up that phone, bitch. <laughs> 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 Glossy paper, big pictures, full fucking descriptions. None of that. Just wanted to hear from me. Okay. okay. No, I don't suck well. <laughs> it was usually that guy, too. No, I don't suck well. I do miss it, though. That was a fucking, I loved it, though. I, you know. You had some people like that, but uh, the people like that weren't as many as the people that were uh, super grateful. And uh, them were the people that I'd like to uh, sell the seats to. Or I would actually give them away. I said that many a times. But when I say give them away, I think a lot of times that I, what I did kind of almost qualifies for giving them away. Because there's many times that, uh, like I said, for, I, there's been times for 20 packs I've got in my fucking truck, drove three hours down state, <laughs> met somebody in a fucking parking lot or somewhere and talked to them for another hour, hour and a half while I was there and then drove another three and a half hours home <laughs> for, you know, that 20 pack sale just because they, they wanted the genetics but didn't feel comfortable enough to drop a meal a money order in the mail or they didn't want to use their paypal or you know i didn't want to lose the sale and i wanted to make sure they had the genetics so i had no 
I just was like, road trip? <laughs> Roll them up, road trip. Don't go meet some cool people. But, you know, a lot of times when I got there, the people were so grateful on the other side. It, it made the, the trip worth it almost every time. Almost yeah, every totally. Time. Totally. Met a lot of great folks in that journey of seeds, I can tell you that. A lot of awesome, awesome people uh, during the seed journey. You know what was cool about that was uh, I, my approach was here in Michigan was just what I said. Just what I just said right there. Sub always told me to, uh, he wanted me to go like provisioning centers and fucking grow stores, which I did. I constantly more on grow stores than the provisioning center. But uh, he had actually had a little bit of a bad rap in here in Michigan at that point because of the divorce and uh, the old rep uh, kind of burned some bridges here. I told him, I'm going to fucking rebuild fucking the dank here in Michigan. And you know how I'm going to do it? The way fucking everybody got shit back, done back in the day. Fucking grassroots. <laughs> I'm going to do this shit grassroots. I'm going to go to fucking menu or events. I'm going to fucking shake hands. I'm going to fucking pass menus. <laughs> I'm going to go to other places and fucking pass menus. And that's what I did. For fucking two years here in Michigan, I fucking went to events and handed, I didn't send up, you know, stack them at places. There were grow shops where I'd drop off 20 or so, but most of the people that fucking got them menus, got them menus for me fucking shaking my hand and talking to them about it. They were hand delivered. <laughs> Almost every menu I passed was hand, hand fucking delivered at an event or uh, you know, through purchase of seeds. Love that shit. It's fun. Good times. So that's why I, another reason why I, I respect you guys. That's a fucking fun deal, Seeds. Brings a lot of smiles. I, I always joke because I said it the other night too. Every time I think of uh, Seeds, and I always think about that guy from uh, Vacation. Our Christmas story vacation, <laughs> Christmas vacation. The 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 hillbilly uh, cousin there, when Clark yeah. gets fucked in there, the opens up the jelly to get the monthly jelly club. He slaps him on the back and he says, "Clark, that's the gift that keeps that's on the giving." Gift right keeps there. on giving. All and that's what life. a pack of seeds is too, man. <laughs> that's the gift that keeps on giving right there. If you're doing it right and you love that strain, that motherfucker can take you the rest of your life. That's <laughs> true. That it is, Eddie. That it is, Eddie. He said. That's funny. Fucking love Chevy that movie. All those vacation movies yeah. were pretty fucking classic. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Wally World. I came one close one time to fucking having a Wally World moment. And that's fucking. I don't know if Lexi's in chat, but she can probably verify that shit. 
I went to fucking, it was at Chuck E. Cheese in Flint. Where fucking, and that Chuck E. Cheese is like known for crazy shit that's happened there. There has been just outright brawls that has happened at Flint Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know why, I don't even think it's open anymore. God, God I hope it's not open anymore. But yeah, shit has happened there. <laughs> I don't know why you'd take your kids there, honestly, because I've seen just full out fights go on at Chuck E. Cheese there. But in this day, this day, Chucky was inciting it. Chucky himself was inciting that shit. You know where he punches, Chevy Chase punches that Wally World fucking moves and shit? Chucky almost got that shit, man. (laughs) Fucking, he kept fucking coming up to me and fucking taking my hat from me and (laughs) and fucking he'd spike it right back down on my head. And I, I kept telling him, Chuck, man, knock that shit off, man. You ain't funny. I ain't fucking liking that shit. And he'd sneak back up on me. <laughs> fucking take my hat and do it again. Well, four times into that shit, I'm like, Chuck, this is your last fucking warning, dude. This not, ain't even fucking funny anymore. Knock it off, man. He kind of fucking backed off. But yeah, it was real close to a Wally World moment. Real close to it. I, and, I hate that, but God damn it, he just wouldn't let up, man. You're going to be on the front page news for beating the shit out of Chucky at the Chucky. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm telling you that right now. But they, that in particular, I don't drink, but this is what happens there at Chuck E. Cheese. They actually sell alcohol there. <laughs> and fucking parents end up getting like ripped at Chuck E. Cheese. And it just turns into like a bad situation. I can't. I don't get it. In that but. video of the fight at Disney World, there's like no. a there's like a five minute fist fight of like at Disney World, and there's like girls. There's like two or three girls, and two guys. Like it was all fighting, and it turned out they were all from the same family or whatever. <laughs> They're all like shit out of each other. It's fucking crazy, man. And nobody stops it like it's nuts, man. It's crazy. I can't. Yeah. People are nuts. People are nuts. It's a, it's, it's amazing true. more shit doesn't get on the internet than it does. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at Disneyland or Disney World, Jesus. I got a, I got a good Disneyland story. Um, I'm like 18 years old. No, yeah, 17 years old, senior in high school. Okay, I got I have a brother that's 10 years older than I am. Um, my brother started smoking weed when he was in college. He didn't really touch it in high school. I was already smoking by then, of course, for a few years. And um, so we go to Florida. My parents take us to Florida to to Disney World, and uh, we. We smoke in Disney theme park, which I, I think is pretty, you know, pretty hard to get away with. But we were going through this cave thing. It was like this tunnel. And we're going through, and, and you got to just walk through. So we sparked that joint up real quick and passed it back and forth between the two of us <laughs> and cruised through this tunnel thing. Yeah. So. 
smoke in the theme park. <laughs> you have to cannabis weed park uh, uh, parks like that are hand in hand. That's what them big floaty things are, the little sky lifts. I thought that's why they put the sky lifts in there. Yeah. <laughs> for the smokers. It wasn't for the lazy, it was just for the smokers. <laughs> I take it JD's must be from Flint. <laughs> He's like, more Flint stories, yes. <laughs> I've had some time since Flint. I had some time since Flint. I've only been there a few times. It's a crazy place. It can be a crazy place, that's for sure. Shit, I actually think it's down timid these days compared to what it was. Those hooker stories I told about Door Highway were fucking for reals. Not that I had ever indulged no, no. there, but that's that, that's what kind of, of shit that happened. Joe. <laughs> for reals, that's, that's dirty stuff. That's how bad Flint was, though. There's one at one point, one section of fucking Flint where you couldn't. The radio stations would talk about it all the time, make fun of it about you not being able to throw a rock without hitting one. <laughs> it's crazy town. Don't go there. No, there ain't nothing wrong with Flint. My brother thought it was funny to scream with a. Um... Like the old fire extinguishers where you could fill them with water and then there would be like pressurized or whatever. They had they had an old one that would fill with water that uh, they'd drive by and spray them. And it was all fun until the pimp pulled out a gun and shot at them. Going, We're not doing that shit no more. <laughs> Flint's a rough town. I lived in a, a one part of town that was like eh, not so great for a minute. And it, everybody knew not to fucking leave your car out on the road at night because it, it would either get like broken into or something would happen. And one night I forgot to pull my car into the fucking driveway and I fucking woke up the next morning and that motherfucker had a bullet hole right in the fucking the door where you open up to put your fucking gas, you know, put the gas in. That little door had a fucking hole in it. Fucking <laughs> bullet hole in my bumper too. Son of a bitch. One night. One night. Hey, I'm telling you, this is a true story, too. When I moved out of that fucking shithole, <laughs> it was the rough side of town. When I moved out of that shithole, fucking, uh, they were in, I, from what I understand, it's back to that right now because of the way things are right now. They were fucking, uh, there was a local grocery store, Hamney's, right there. If you know fucking Flint, it was right there in Davison and fucking Averill, which is a horrible side of Flint. Uh, but at that point, things were so bad in that area that uh, they were sucker punching people fucking coming out of the fucking uh, store. You were there shopping at night, you had to like double time that shit to your car because there was they, there's many a nights where as soon as you were coming out of the fucking store 
somebody would fucking sucker punch you and fucking take your car. <laughs> and I, that ain't no lie. That's fucking straight up Flint right there. <laughs> that, that's, that shit, it got to that point where we were like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. We gotta get the fuck out of here. And we moved out towards Owasso. We stayed out there for probably 10 years. And then from Owasso to where I am now. To the sticks, the forest. Now, <laughs> once my I started having kids, I was like, "Yeah, fuck Flint. I ain't raised my kids in Flint. It's time to go." To the sticks, we went. Well, we went to the farmland. I took my kids to the farmland. <laughs> Out of the city, went to the farmland. Ain't bad way to go, though. Damn it, I'm a bad one. <laughs> well you guys I think I'm going to throw it in you guys have been super gracious to hang out but man it's fucking 436 we made 420 and then some <laughs> I was ready to bust anyway so that's good I'm going to do some wet trimming if we get off finally enjoy it <laughs> it made me be happy about it been so damn grumpy about your dry trim. I don't know what it is. I just you're the one that it. did it. I know. I, I knew I was gonna regret it too when I was doing it. Fully knew I was gonna regret it. Do you set it up in your mind ahead of time? Probably. Probably. You're right. I, I'm guilty of that too. I always I always do that. Like you start grudging something ahead of time, and it's like worse going through it. Oh, well. All right, who wants to sign off first? All right, yeah, I think we can. Uh, yeah, we can sign off it. first. All right, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really nice. Don't forget, don't forget the plug, guys. Don't forget the plug again. We Where can we find you? Oh, our plug. You can find us on Instagram, Kinios Genetics, Mrs. Kinios Genetics. Uh, if you want to follow the Garden Center, even if you don't live in the area, we give all kinds of information about new products. So if you're ever interested in new products, follow the Garden Center, Kinios Garden Center. We love follows, even if it's, you know, not in our area. We're happy to inform people about great products that they should be using. Um, Facebook, Kineo's Garden Center, Kineo's Genetics. And the website's at kineosgenetics.com. Kineosgardencenter.com. That's about there it. Go. Yeah. There you go. That's the way to do it. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> Peace and love, you guys. Enjoy your, you guys enjoy your night, and I uh, hope to see you guys soon. Okay. You will. Take it easy. Thanks for yeah. another great show. Yeah, peace out, Smiley's. Good to see you guys. Hey. Mr. Yeah. Smiley's, you want to do your sign-offs? Yeah, man, I'm Smiley's Garden on Instagram. Um, you can find me on the Frugal Force. I think that's going to air tonight at 8 o'clock. And uh, um, uh, fucking talking shit with Eagle as well. And uh, Better I just, throw that in there on that title, Smiley. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I just want to throw it out to a quote that I heard today that kind of popped in my head, but it's uh, never say anything about yourself that you don't want to be true. It's good to call everyone. 
We're going to be able to see you tomorrow night. You're going to come and jump on tomorrow night after Frugal. That's a long yeah. night for you. Yeah, no, I should be able to. No, Frugal's pre-recorded. So. Okay, cool. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. All right, man. Cool. We'll see you. Then. See you guys. Have a good night, man. Bye. So there you guys go. Don't forget to uh, check out the show tomorrow where we will be doing a Q&A. Uh, Boom Farms will be here. Smiley's Garden, of course. Uh, Sergeant Pepper. And I believe Jack's Greenstock will be here tomorrow along with myself answering uh, any questions you guys can throw at us. Uh, Hopefully we can help as many of you out as we can. If not, we'll just uh, hang out. Have a good night with you guys. All that good stuff. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, both episodes from today. Both uh, Joel from Northstar and Poto Herb from this episode. I know I did enjoy both. Uh, I very grateful for you guys that tune in every night, every day. I mean, it means more than you think it does. It really does. You guys are amazing. Uh, time, oh, I, there's, I want to get this cat right off the bat before I forget because you guys do mean everything to me. And I hope he watches. He, he watches every night. Dub T. Roy. You don't watch during the lives, you watch during the day, and you said you wish you'd get your shout-out, so this is your shout-out. Dub T. Roy, thank you for tuning in during the days. Uh, hopefully some night you'll be able to catch during the live, but nevertheless, I do appreciate you, brother. Uh, Mr. Greenpots, DLP2372, thank you so much. JD's. I appreciate you 100%. Aldridge 25, man, you're here every night. I appreciate you, man. Smiley's Garden, and I can't say enough good things about that guy. Majestic Marks, if you're interested in coming on, please DM me or email me some information. I'd love to talk to you. TW, thank you for tuning in tonight. I appreciate it. Johnny Seed, thank you so much. The American one. Fucking tons of respect. St. I, oh my God, St. Bernard's observation booth was hanging tonight. I missed that shit. Motherfucker. Much respect for that cat. I have tons of respect for uh, St. Observation booth. St. Bernard's observation booth. Excuse me, the cat mouth screwed me again. Mr. Boom's Farm. Uh, I hope you just heard what we were doing tomorrow. Uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in tonight, being a part of this whole thing. You know, that's you, another great guy that, uh, you know, mastermind team right there, man. But uh, I'm glad I met you, brother. Glad I met you. Trey Ballone, Michelle F. Iverson, Ellie. Uh, thank you for popping in. Appreciate you too. I'll get your uh, prizes out uh, probably Monday. I'll get that good stuff out. Uh, who else am I forgetting here? My daughter, Alexis. Sean McCann, thank you for uh, popping in tonight. Uh, Mr. Oh, Spaniard Cougar, thank you for joining in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Yo, boy, Roy Boy, thank you. 
Who's a fucking weed nerd? Oh, shout. Thank you for tuning in, good sir. As always, man, your chat's been killing it lately, so I can only go so far back. Slur how? Thank you so much for uh, joining in. Mr. Green Nugs, if you watch, thank you for tuning in as well. Tara Wilson, thank you as well. Jill? Jill Wilson? All right, not Jill Wilson. I'm so sorry. Jill Snowflake. Uh, Snowflake Jilly, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate your views as well. Who the hell am I missing? I know there's so many. And Jack went so man, you guys killed it tonight, Chad. <laughs> I missed out on a lot. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. A lot of John Boy, thank you, sir, for tuning in. A lot of good stuff going on in chat. Sometimes I miss Mr. No One, thank you, sir. That's as far back as I can go, and that was it's not that far back. <laughs> the last comment I can go back because you guys have been killing chat was when uh, the American one was talking about me wearing the skull face. Um, that wasn't too far along ago. You guys killed it tonight. I appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys know the drill. Do something nice for somebody. Uh, I appreciate you guys. You know, life can be a bitch, but let's let's help out and make it make it nice for each other you know random acts of kindness do change lives it's not just something i say it's something i believe i have seen it both ways was another day i hope you will join me join us rather tomorrow panel show a little bit of q and a those of you that who wanted that, uh, you're welcome. You can thank Mrs. D's nuts, nut, nugs. Ah, almost fucked the thing up again, woman. Miss D's nugs. You can thank her for the Q and A show. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Just have a great night and an amazing tomorrow. Peace.